0: welcome to awards radar the podcast a weekly discussion of the awards races hollywood news and the films you should have on your radar here's your host joey maggotson hey everyone welcome back to the awards radar podcast brought to you by uh too much sugar because that's what everyone had on monday with halloween right halloween was on monday i got that yep. right all right cool that would have been an early blunder even for me um Welcome to uh, November, or as one of our questions coming up, we'll say, Noir Vember. Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: Yes. Um, Miles, you're here. I am here. I'm excited for Noir Vember. Indeed. Steve, you're here as well. I am here. With all the enthusiasm uh, fit for
0: a king. Um, we uh recording this on Wednesday night. It's November now, 2nd, for a couple more minutes. And yeah. yeah. Monday was Halloween, we all, uh, I didn't do a whole lot, but both of you welcome trick-or-treaters and, and your uh, children and or spouses were, were dressed up, regale me with your your All Hallows Eve tale. And also, uh, let me know what the candy situation was, because that's, that's where diabetic me wants to focus. Uh, Miles, uh, I hear you uh, you have a, a back issue going on now, so you really like got into your character.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny. What came first? The character or the back issue? But um, uh, Kelly and I went as Mr. and Mrs. Frankenstein, and uh, we were both very excited because, <laughs> as lame as it sounds, we have not had the opportunity to hand out candy in, like, 15 years or something like that. Sure, um, And so, I don't know. We're in a new house. We're in a new neighborhood. We, we wanted to get to know, you know, the people who would come through. So, you know, we went as all out on decorating as we could with a budget and um uh kelly's bride of frankenstein makeup was a little too good because i think she scarred a couple of the smaller girls imagine if you had
0: done uh art the clown
1: (laughs) yeah you would have done we we got someone who was it was like one of those you know pre-made spirit halloween costumes but it was like a 40 year old man dressed as a bloody clown who came up to our door that was pretty good you should have had the uh, the the uh, decapitated head with candy in it. Ah, uh, could have, should have, would have. Next yeah. year. Yeah. So, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, and you were uh, Frankenstein's monster, right? Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree the doctor was the real monster here. Uh, true. Womp
0: womp. Um, yes, yeah,
2: so that sounds fun, Steve. Your your kid did the, the the dressing up this year, right? That is correct. We had uh, Wednesday Adams and Eleven from. The hit show Stranger Things—if you've heard of that—but they, uh, yeah, they did yeah, very well, and a, a lot of people, strangers on the street, asked for pictures, and other kids were pointing them out to their friends. So you, you know, that's when you're successful, when when yeah. your peers Boy. praise you.
0: Always what you want with your uh, your t- teenage and or preteen daughters. Strangers on the street asking for pictures.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll, the strangers I hope were you charge. their age. So no, no, we. We were kind. And I stole their candy Steve while they is, weren't uh... looking.
0: Exactly. He figured out what he was doing. So what was the leftover candy? Steve was telling us off air that one candy in particular was not going as fast as the others. Miles, you uh, I think we saw a picture. You had most of your candy eaten. I'm sure you were hoping for a little bit more. But what was uh, what was the least popular one you handed out?
1: Um, so we, we got like six bags. We wanted to have a variety and, uh, we didn't know how many people to expect. It turns out we got just the right amount cause we had a little leftover, but mostly like, um, like the small, uh, like Hershey's milk chocolate or crackles. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the, you know, the, uh, Mr. Good bar, the ones that come in like the little set like that. Uh, we had a few Reese's leftover, some Kit Kats, all Halloween themed, of course. Uh, and I think we had like one or two leftover things of nerds.
2: All right, it's a little bit of everything.
1: Um, Steve, what was your leftover one?
2: Oh, well, we didn't give any away because we were out <laughs> from from beginning of you know trick or treating until the end. We buy candy, so we have a couple bags of Butterfingers and everything here. But I I, I was referring to what our, our kids will have left over in a week or so, or two weeks, ah. or whatever it is. And they, my, my daughter, already said, "I don't want this," and handed me about a half dozen Dum Dum suckers. So. So you've been
0: just having lollipops all week? Uh,
2: no, I've been digging in their bag and ignoring those because I also hate dumb dumb suckers.
1: <laughs>
0: Fair. Fair enough. Um, we I had a bag of, I don't really get trick-or-treaters over here. Not much. And also my dog barks. He's friendly, but he barks and scares them all. So more candy for us. Um, what was this variety pack? It was Butterfinger, Crunch Bar, 100 Grand, and Baby Ruth.
2: That was the variety pack that I acquired. What
0: was what was funny was I was helping out someone at their their school on Monday, and they bought a bag of candy for students to have in the evening for for a night school thing, and it was one of those like Kirkland brand. It was all real candy, but it was Kirkland brand, like get at the Price Club type thing. Mm-hmm. Right, and it had um, I think it had several of your major ones, but it also was supposedly had Kit Kats, but I couldn't find any. I was really digging in there, couldn't find any. And I turned the bag over on the side, and there's this sign that says uh, that it it may not have the candy reflected on the uh, label. Wow. Basically, we just gave you what we gave you, uh, and I was I was pretty annoyed, but I also kind of respected the hustle in a weird way, <laughs> you know. Um, transitioning off of Halloween, actually, before we transition off Halloween, Miles, you uh, you completed your 31 days of Halloween, 31 days slash nights of horror, or whatever whatever branded content
1: we uh, we call it compared to everyone else, would you like to uh, wrap that up for us? A neat little horrific package. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, uh, our last movie was on Monday, so not as many to catch up on, but real quick. Uh, we went to a 30th anniversary screening of Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is mm-hmm. just so much movie in that movie. Compared um, to the, uh, the Browning one? Oh god, I, I I've talked about this before. I find the Browning one so dull. It's on TV. It was on so- TV on Halloween, I think, or maybe Sunday or Saturday. I don't know I watched it again, and
0: yeah, it's it's a mood. Well, and it's also
1: I think when you compare it to like James Whale's Frankenstein films, those feel like movies. Those feel very cinematic. As soon as I found out that the Todd Browning one was based on like a stage version, that yep. really sort of clicked things because it feels very stagey. Well, that's how it's uh, also how Lugosi got the role from. Doing well, because he was exactly. Um, and, you know, it, it is a mood. It is, you know, it is what it is. It obviously Question paved about the that. way.
0: Have you ever seen the Spanish Dracula? That's, sh- you know, the one that shot at the exact same time, like at night with the same sets.
1: Oh, no, I haven't. I've seen Nosferatu, but that's... I haven't do, heard of that one. Do you know... You don't know about this? I've never heard of that, Now, Okay,
0: so Dracula was made... this. So, a, in 31, the Spanish-language Dracula was made... Uh, Hollywood was trying to, like, market to foreign territories. They were trying to do that kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: it was shot in the same set as Todd Browning's Dracula. Basically, the director of this Dracula... Watch the footage of the same day and apply what he saw to his own version. Oh, fascinating! So I don't. I feel like I've seen an example of it. Like in, in college, I was shown like a clip as like, "Hey, isn't this weird?" And I've never seen the whole one, but I feel like that should be on your list for next year. Because maybe heard,
1: I'd be curious to see how it's
0: different. So I, I've heard from people who have seen it that it's better in some ways. Uh, like like their Dracula is good. Obviously, it's it's not iconic in the same way. It's the exact same sets and stuff like that. But because it's doing kind of a take, right. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting adaptation. So it's it's okay. it's not trying to be the play, and it's not going all out with some of the like, oh, we can do a, a tracking shot because it's not a play. It's just kind of like the quick and dirty version. Sure, sure, could be
1: interesting. Okay, well, yes. I'd be interested to try that. Graham um,
0: Stoker better than Browning.
1: I, I think it's the best movie Dracula that there's ever been. Like, by better a long than Dracula two thousand. I know. I mean, shocking to say, but I'm willing to go there. Uh, you know, Gary Oldman, Anthony Hopkins—they're having the time of their lives. I I used to like. I mean, I still maintain that Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder have like the worst British accents ever committed to film. But like, there's something almost charming about that now. Maybe it's because I've seen it so many times, but I'm I mean, like, they, it doesn't even bother me anymore. Sure. It's just like, it's part of the, because everybody's doing a weird accent in that movie. Oh like, yeah, Who no, knows I mean, what Tom Waits is doing? And like, they're a thousand percent there because they can,
0: you know, get the movie funded. Like, yeah. that's not, but they, to their credit, they do, they do, they don't phone it in. They know why oh, no. they're there. They're, they're going for like, it, even if they're not yeah.
1: doing it super successfully.
0: And like, I can respect that. Like, the, it's there's a there's a type of out of your league performance that I think we find affectionate in a way. Like you well, want them that's to go exactly like, less you it. it, It's
1: like um, it's like Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia. Like that sure. man cannot sing, but he's like he's trying to do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you have to respect the
0: hustle. It's it would be it's the equivalent of. I don't know why this name sprung to my head, but, like, if you put Zac Efron in a role he couldn't do, and, like, I like him, and I think he's a, he's a fairly good actor in the right role and, like, a pretty funny comedic actor and, like, works hard, but if you put him in, like, that kind of movie, like, if he was in, if he was doing the Keanu role, let's say, like, you, you wouldn't buy him in it, but you might be like, you're really trying, and, and yeah. I can't I can't completely discount the fact that you're really trying, because we also live in a world with many an actor who
1: they're trying is questionable. Well, exactly. But no, I just, there's something about this version that like, it feels kind of timeless, like the score and the costumes and the practical effects and all the different things that go into it. Like, you know, I mean, fingers crossed for Megalopolis, but I think Hmm. there's probably a good chance that it'll end up being Coppola's last great movie. Um, And, you know, it's a good note to go out on and then, you know, spend a few decades doing art films and selling wine and whatever he's doing. I'm actually um, curious now. Let me let me. I'm looking up Coppola. We, we're into one of our many detours now. As you go into your your um, yeah, I got one movie in, like, and yeah. we're immediately off the rails. Um it's very on brand. I know. No, I, I know he had like uh, the Rainmaker and Jack. Sort of. Shortly I really after. like. <laughs> I really like the Rainmaker. I haven't um, seen it, so maybe that one's good too. It's so
0: it's a, it's a it's a it's a Grisham
1: you know legal thriller, but right, which I've never been that into. But if it's Coppola, it's,
0: it's fairly quiet it's very it's it's clearly a for hire job but he wrote in direct like it's it's a for hire but I'm gonna do everything and also I don't know that you can completely discount a movie even if I didn't tell you what it was about Coppola directed a movie starring Matt Damon Claire Danes John Voigt, Mary Kay Place Mickey Rourke Danny DeVito Danny Glover Roy Scheider Virginia Madsen and Teresa Wright
1: yeah you can't really discount like, all that like <laughs> shot by John Toll with music by Elmer Bernstein Okay. Okay. Well, I'll have to give that one a, a look then. It's a. It's a. It's you know
0: what? It'll, it's a good like. You guys want to like sit on the couch and watch a movie, and kind of watch a like, the mildest of thrillers, but mostly just want to watch like actors kind of like doing their thing. It's yeah. Very, it's very good at that, and that's uh. It's a mood. You have to be in the mood for that. But I've I've recently figured out that sometimes I'm in the mood for that. Like I rewatched. Speaking of Damon promised land. Do you remember that uh, Oscar misfire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, like with no Oscar thoughts. Cause remember that one was one of the last releases too. So it had a lot of like pressure in, on like, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh my God, Matt Damon, and John Krasinski wrote the Gus Van Sand. He did good wall hunting. Oh my God, this is going to be, maybe this is our late breaking contender. And, you watch it and you're watching like, this is fine. Like fine. Watch it with no expectations. And it's totally watchable. And like, I don't know. Uh, Francis McDormand and Matt Damon as like pushing fracking and kind of like, it, it, it worked better than I thought. All this to say expectations very important when watching a movie. Like, I, you know, we're we're a week or two away from people seeing Babylon. Spoiler alert, like Babylon invites have gone out. I'm curious what people are going to say about it, myself included. I'm also curious what six months from now people will say about it, because that's a that's a probably more accurate depiction of where we're at. As we've learned all too well with things that peak and then the backlash and then the backlash to the backlash and and so on and so forth. More on that in a little bit. But let's let's get back to finishing up the horror.
1: Right. Uh, So the next one, um, I know you also saw recently as well. So I'll skip that for a second and then we can get more into it. Um, But I finally uh, caught up with A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, uh, which is so beautiful and Hmm. possibly the most well shot of all the films I saw over the month. Sure. Um, like just that noirish black and white and the way they use like the deep shadows or sort of the shades of it. I don't know. I, I found it pretty mesmerizing. Um, I showed Kelly dead snow cause we're both very excited for Tommy Vercola's violent night in December. Yes. Um, and you know, Nazi zombies getting chainsawed. It's exactly what you would want it to be. Um, yeah. we talked about trick or treat a lot. Um, Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, so I don't need to get too into that, but uh, that's the one we watched on Halloween night, and it was great. A lot of people seem to watch it on Halloween night. I think it's becoming a thing, maybe. Oh, well, I would argue it's been a thing. Um, It's definitely one of my favorite movies that deals with the holiday directly. Sure. Um, Um, And then the one that we both saw uh, over the weekend was uh, Wendell and Wilde. Yes. Um, How did you like Wendell and Wilde? I loved it. Um, I'm a huge Henry Selleck fan, and it's so nice to see him back. And he clearly hasn't lost a step. And the imagination of it all and the way it's all depicted, like, had a huge grin on my face, like, brought me back to, you know, when I saw, like, Nightmare Before Christmas or James and the Giant Peach for the first time. Um, So that was really nice to see. And then, you know, hearing Key and Peele riff off each other again is not going to get old. And I thought it was a really interesting, surprisingly mature story with a lot on its mind. It's one of those movies this year, similar to a comparison I would make is maybe Crimes of the Future in the sense that it's maybe juggling one or two subplots too many. Um, And it's probably a bit longer than it needs to be. But um, for what it is, I think it's anyone who loves like that spooky flavor of stop motion animation. It's some of the best you're likely to find.
0: Yeah, I think I think it starts pretty, pretty well and like getting you into the world and it ends pretty solidly. Um, There's a little bit in the middle where you're where you're right. I'm like, I think there's too much
1: going on. Well, specifically building up towards the climax, there's like three or four scenes back to back that feel like they could have been the final confrontation of any other movie. But each one is just about resolving a certain subplot and then you're on to the next one. Yeah, and I don't there's. want to give anything away in that regard, but yeah, there's a little bit of like, okay, so is this the major thing? No, this is the major thing we're doing. Oh no, it's actually all about that. And it's like, it because we're dealing with like capitalism and demons and like zombies and like so many different things, it's like, but like the characters all view the stakes very differently. So from like... From the outside looking in, it can be a little tough to know what is the biggest stake thing. Yeah. And, and once it falls into place, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it it does sort of land on its feet. But it's like, you know, it's one of those things where if you tighten it up and maybe lose like 15 minutes of sort of padding, especially in the middle, like you said, um, I think you'd have a, a much stronger film. But that said, it's like, you know, I, it's too much of a good thing, but it is yeah. still a very good thing.
0: Yeah, like I don't want to call it
1: muddled because that's not really what I mean. But there's a
0: period where you're like, I wish I really kind of knew where everyone stood more so than I do right now. There's right. There's a, especially some of the characters, some of the secondary characters. You're like, I, I know I'm probably supposed to care because they're in this and they keep coming back, but I ha- don't have a reason yet. And everyone gets there, but there are there are a couple times where you're like, I don't know. I, I we probably could have made this movie without quite as many of the secondary characters but it's it's a rich enough world that you're not particularly upset to be to be spending time in it though it is it is maybe one that i'm i'm curious maybe as like a series it would have been interesting like really stretching it out and then sort of bathing in the world as opposed to the amount that we get but I mean, that could also just be, like, it's a good thing, but is it too much of a good thing? You know, like, I, I don't know. I probably could have said the same thing about Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, I would have watched 12 hours
1: about that. But also, what we got was damn near perfect. Well, that's just it. And so it's like, you know, it's the same reason why, you know, I kind of... I've never really gone in for the idea of, like, an extended cut or a director's cut, just because 99% of them, like, the extra scenes are the kind of scenes where you can tell why they were cut in the first place. It's rare um, that they're, so, they're better. Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously exceptions to the rule, and or, you know, ones that, like, drastic, like, you know... Obviously it's the it's the most obvious example, but the Snyder cut, it is a radically different film with a different feel and tone to it. So that's not the same as just it's the same movie, but every couple scenes there's an extra scene that like kind of just restates something we already knew or what have you. Yeah. Well we had the longest time,
0: especially with horror films, you had the unrated director's cut for everything, which is like a minute longer, which is oh we we put another second of gore in with every with every kill kind of thing. Um in terms of, like, director's cuts being notably different, the Snyder Cut is our more modern example. I would say Margaret. I know that's one we, we, we haven't covered yet. And we've talked
1: well, about it being a thing coming up at one day. Yeah, I haven't seen either version, yeah. so I can't really comment the, on that. But I would probably would be, hate it because I don't like I don't the know. Uh, director. <laughs> I think you
0: would be interested in the director's cut because there is a structural difference to the movie. The sound design, especially, is different. So that that gives it a little bit of life. And then... Um, I do really like the almost famous director's cut untitled, The Bootleg Cut. Because that I don't is, think I I've think I've seen it. I think that's much more of the the purely the vision. And maybe as opposed to, you know, a lot of times if you watch a real long cut of a movie, sometimes it's like this is just a
1: very professional assembly cut. You know, you, you always intend right, cutting yeah. this. Um Weller, I, I experience it the most in like um, the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Okay. Where which I know you know you have zero engagement with but like it's interesting because for the first and second movies all the extended stuff very much falls in that category of oh, I totally get why this was cut. Like this performance isn't that great. Or we already knew this about that character or what have you. But then you get to Return of the King, which naturally is the longest one. And all the bonus stuff is like, oh, well, this should have been in the movie. Like Christopher Lee's in that version. He's not in the theatrical (laughs) version. Like all this stuff uh, or like uh, some side characters that get a little more depth and like, this is great. I mean, it's like a four and a half hour movie, but it's, you know, you're getting bang for your buck, relatively speaking.
0: I also really like the um, extended cut of the town, interestingly. Yeah, that's a good they, one. Yeah, because I, I like that. Uh, uh, ironically, a movie we saw the regular cut of together. Um, yep. The director's cut has him like relapse toward, towards the third act, like the raise that in the like lead up to the final conflict. And I kind of like that of like, okay, we're bringing him down more. Not that I wanted him to suffer necessarily, but I like that turn of like, of just. Exploring that side of him that was only kind of hinted at because he is largely in the regular cut like a pretty upstanding dude for being like a gang leader, right?
2: Um, small thing though,
0: Steve. Did you have a director's cut you were you were thinking of?
2: Uh, nothing that I can think of at this time. Uh, Steve's like shorter movies, please. Yeah, no, no, I, I it's it's fine if, if you have something to say, if there's something that was well, needed to be said, you've answered the question. <laughs> sometimes you, you fill in the blank. You know uh, that don't need to be filled um, you know I, I used perfect. to be going back at the old you know the DVD deleted scenes you'd watch them like oh yeah no wonder they were deleted and it was always so cool like you know, early on like oh I can't wait to see what they what I didn't get to see then you realize yeah it's you, you, there's a reason you have an editor um but no there's not you know we discussed Halloween 6 but I can't think of anything off the bat. I think uh, the abyss was another one. Yeah. Uh, I th- How do we, uh,
1: oh, um, I'll I'll throw one out there. Uh, Terminator Two has a really good extended edition because it's got nice. a few ex, just a, a small handful of extra scenes, but they actually add to the movie. And there's mm-hmm. one in the middle in particular that's a a really good scene. Oh, really? And B, like kind of essential to the plot. Like it's baffling that it's not in the theatrical cut. Um, reader, readers,
0: listeners, anyone who wants to throw out their favorite director's cuts, feel free to. I have a I have a feeling that Ryan and/or is going to make this a question next week. Um, if so, great. Um, speaking of, let's let's actually before we Ryan's going to wrap up our our Halloween talk because uh, spoiler alert: the film A Face Off is your 31 Days of Halloween films. Yay! Um, but quickly, we did we we spent a fair amount of time on on Michael Myers. Right, he kind of dominated our Halloween discussion. Mm-hmm. That and Art the Clown inexplicably. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on Art. Um, how do we feel about Jason? Oh, big fan. Yeah. Um, Steve, I don't know. I I know my, I know Michael is your guy, but how do you feel about Jason?
2: I mean, I I like the Jason films, uh, or, you know, Friday the 13th, even before they were the Jason films, uh, spoiler. And, you know, I I think there's a certain point when they went more into, onto autopilot, and I kind of still appreciate those, but then they never, they never got off autopilot. I think they, it's, it's kind of somewhere around, I don't know, was it five? I think five is when they get lost. Then was it six? who's Jason lives.
1: Yeah. Six is the one where he first comes back as a zombie.
2: Yeah. I think that's, that may be the end of the, like five was, it was a real dip. But then I think six was it improved, and then I don't think anything beats six going forward. You, know, you had the Jason vs Friday and stuff like that, but Jason in Space was now. was fun, but was it Jason a, X? Oh, yeah, oh, Jason yeah. X. Yeah, but was it a good film? You know, not really. But no, yeah, oh, it's awful. But well,
1: it's... but here's the thing: I think most of them aren't good films in the traditional sense. Oh no, no. Some are. F- some are f- Bad are well, uh, bad in a fun way, and some of them are bad in a bad way. Well,
2: is it a good a good fr- Friday the Thirteenth film? And I think that one and two I thought were very good together, and and one, two, and three were actually pretty good together. I can't remember four. Oh, four was he dies right? Four is the final chapter.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, the first four are the ones that people look at as like that's classic. Yeah. Sort of Friday.
0: That's him running around the woods like by the camp
1: mostly. Yeah. Right? yeah it's it's this they're all the simplest versions of the story. And then like five you get a copycat, six you get zombies, seven you get psychic powers. eight you get you know a boat to Manhattan and then five minutes in Manhattan. yeah, yeah
2: yeah, that's see, that, Jason that's takes the, the thing. boat like, to Manhattan. that's what it should have been called.
0: yeah yeah. Jason takes Manhattan and Jason and X, I think are are the most disappointing because they're the potential for the most fun.
2: And, yes. and like you said,
0: Jason barely goes to Manhattan. That movie, that movie was made for the budget of our podcast. Essentially, it feels like. And I think it was actually like Scranton. I
2: think it was Jason went to Scranton in the end. There was although it was really yeah, Manhattan. Like the
0: I mean, it was Jason. I love that they say sorry, that there was additional photography in Times Square. You're like, sure, there was. Yeah. Also, this will blow your mind. At the time, Jason takes Manhattan, the most expensive film in the franchise. Easily um, looks the cheapest.
1: Well, yeah, it's always odd, isn't it? Because, like, uh, I think, like, Pirates of the Caribbean 4 has a reputation for being one of the most expensive movies ever made.
2: Yeah, and it like, looks sure, like hell. shit. The 10th the yeah, one, the space one, has a good scene where, I think it's a hologram or something. Where The, the, the whole bit where he picks yeah, up the sleeping and bag he, uh, and slams it back and yeah, forth. And he's he, slamming he, the he sleeping pe- bags yeah. against the that team, was
0: that's that's That was fantastic. Yeah, and they're just going, ow, <laughs> ow. <Yeah. laughs>
2: It's, so. It's, I, I like Jason X well
1: enough. I think it's fun. It's, yeah. you know, it's, I you got to take it on its own stupid terms. The thing is, it is so, the least Jason movie of the Jason franchise also. No, I, I, the, I would actually say Jason Goes to Hell is the least Jason. That one's oh, like yeah. about a weird slug that possesses people. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's,
2: that's, that's that the thing. Is, it, that it is to, a Jason movie in name only. It got to a point yeah. where you just said, okay, now it's just like, Hey, we have the rights. Let's see if we can make some money. So totally, where well, um, Halloween continued to try c- somewhat, even going all the way through right to the end, until uh, Halloween ends, it still tried to be the Michael Myers films that uh, you know. Sure, with the exception of with the Halloween, exception three. of a couple, yeah,
0: yeah. So the the thing with uh, I was listening to the How Did This Get Made episode about Jason X from a couple years ago, maybe more than a couple years ago, but they re released it um, for the Halloween season uh it is interesting when you listen like the guy who wrote uh, jason x like i don't think had ever seen a jason movie
2: (laughs) (laughs) it it makes
0: sense as you watch it because it's just like bad aliens similar kind of like plot Mm -hmm. um and also just how little yeah like like miles said you have to take it on its own dumb logic because it makes zero sense that they would all the like scientists on on this research facility would would be dressed like slutty teenagers like, oh,
1: yeah, the sexiest scientist you've ever seen. Oh, yeah, like the, the one who has, like, two strips for a shirt?
0: Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's that's how you do science. Um, or, I mean, it also, I think the least Jason thing about it is that they they get into the whole, like, regenerative ability things. Like, I don't remember that being a recurring theme. He was just the monster who kept coming back, not, ooh, maybe, maybe we could, like, synthesize him for the military, David Cronenberg.
1: Yeah, I love yeah. that cameo. That's a, it's a
0: big, it's a big swing. But yeah, so Jason, Jason is its own thing. Lower art, I would say, comparatively yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up horror talk for a little bit until probably next week, because we are who we are. Um, Ryan McDermott, Film Hall of Face-Off, Miles' 31 Days of Halloween films. First up, Bram Stoker's Dracula, or The Bride of Frankenstein? <sighs>
1: Ooh, these were both in. So I did uh, put out uh, a ranking of all the films I watched over the month. So you cheated. Well, not necessarily, but now that I have it as a visual reference point, um, these both of these films did make my top four of that. So they are both upper echelon for sure. Um, I think I will give the slightest of edges to Bride of Frankenstein, just -hmm. because it's so. I don't know maybe in a few months or years I'll feel differently but right now it was such a su- pleasant surprise and so impressive and uh, yeah Fair. I love
2: it but I love both so much Maybe Steve? I'll go with Bram Stoker's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula uh, I think there's a I, I saw it in the theaters and it was, it was such a, a, an event and there's something that always mm-hmm. when you have those moments that kind of you attach to the uh, to the film itself, but also there's just some impressive stuff in there. Like the one thing, you know, one thing I recall was the the shadow, Oldman's shadow up on the wall. Oh my
1: god, like, the shadow work is so good. Yeah,
2: it's just like, it's things like that that you go, man. You don't you don't see a ton of that any, anymore. You know, every everyone goes for the big scares and the jump scares, and something like that is just haunting and and well done. So I'll stick with that.
0: Dragulia. Um, I think I'm gonna go Bride of Frankenstein. It's close though. I need to rewatch Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's been a while. The uh, the last time I saw Bride of Frankenstein was actually Brian Park in Manhattan does uh, like movies in the summer, mm-hmm. and I watched it there. I don't remember when this was. When I realize how long ago it was, it'll probably also mean I need to rewatch it. But I remember enjoying it as a as like a second or third visit, and it being just kind of. I don't know, just like kind of awesome to to watch that because, like you were saying, Miles, when you talked about it, like it, it's so much better of a movie than people realize for being kind of a a sequel. Like when you hear Bride of, it's almost like a like a punchline these days, but it's mm-hmm. it's infinitely the superior movie to the first one. Oh my gosh, it's not even close. Um, and then I, I do think that um, Bram Stoker, the Coppola one, has the years have been kind to it. Because it was sort of mixed when it came out. Yeah. Obviously the tech stuff was beloved. And it got some Oscar nominations. I believe it won for production costume, right? Uh s- I think something. these are the things I'm supposed to know. Um I'll look it up. But there were people who were just like I remember there being kind of in the discourse like dueling opinions about it, like different people didn't like different things about it in a way. Like, oh it's it's cheesy, or it's or it's too slow. Like people wanted very different things out of the movie. It seemed like, and it was hard to please everyone because he's definitely making his version of the movie. But I I do I do I do like it. I want to watch it again, but I go. I will go, we'll go Frankenstein, uh, Perfect Blue, or The Wolf House. A lot of these are going to end up being just Miles talking about it, which is That's a cool insane. change of pace, actually. Yeah. Um, by the way, Dracula got four Academy Award nominations, won three. Oh, won there costume you go. design, sound editing, and makeup. Did
1: not win art direction. Well, I would say those were all very well deserved. Yeah, when we do a uh a future uh, recalibration, which we should
0: get back into, um maybe next week. Um that year will be an interesting one to do. Was it ninety two or something like that?
1: uh came out in 92 so it might be 93 i'm look it up i i have a different idea for us but we could also maybe do this instead we'll see we'll see how long we go look at us we're,
0: we're editing as we go um but miles go with your um your answers for this one
1: yes so perfect blue and the wolf house um two amazing uh animated horror films that i kind of saw i think with one movie in between them um it's a little bit apples and oranges because the Wolf House, you're so mesmerized by the craft of it. Um, and the story is a little simple and fairy taleish by design, um, but it works really well and creates this sort of atmosphere and ambiance. Uh, but Perfect Blue is just such a perfect psychological thriller. Um, and it's one of those ones you can obviously see why it's been like replicated and homage by like Aronofsky and other people. Uh, I'm going to go Perfect Blue. Um I'll I'll quickly just mention I've only seen Perfect Blue
0: so I have to and I've only seen parts of it because I looked it up after um,
2: Requiem so that's what I have to go with but Steve have you seen either? I've seen neither. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with Perfect uh, Blue because it's a fun title.
1: I mean I don't know that that's how we do this but oh, you know. I'm sorry. Sure. No, I, <laughs> like um, we've had ever had a fa- uh, a firm criteria yeah. for anything.
0: Well, and uh, also, I do reserve the right to change things that I see fit periodically. So, yeah, that does happen. By the way, the one Oscar that Dracula lost, it lost art direction to Howard's End.
1: Fascinating.
0: Mildly depresses you, I know, right? Just it's, merchandise that's a choice. Instead. Well, the other nominees for that were um, Chaplin, Toys, and Unforgiven. What a lineup. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe we do want to do this instead. We might oh, do this look- at the end. I was going to do a different, like, have us vote again. Um, here. Readers don't get to decide because they're going to hear the end result. But what would you two rather do? Would you rather uh, draft a, a
1: different thing or would you rather recalibrate the Dracula year? I think I'd rather do the recalibration because yeah. we haven't
2: done one in a while. Let's recalibrate. Recalibrate. It? I'm okay. looking up Howard's so, ends our direction right now. Um, nice. Next week we're going to do
0: another draft, I think. Or we'll get back to them soon because I, I have two I want to do. I think I mentioned one to you guys. I want to do a like Knives Out version for all of us. Oh that yeah, be fun. And then I want to do a Bond. Ooh, I want to have us all like yeah, pick yeah. a Bond. That's nice. Of uh, which partly happened because I recently interviewed Jack O'Connell, and I was like, if they want to do like a younger, like gritty Bond still, he might be a good Bond. Yeah, I could like, see that. Because so this goes back to Edgar. Wright said a really interesting thing. With Bond, he's like, they're either um, milk chocolate or dark chocolate, and they tend to alternate, and they get, tend to get lighter after a heavier one, so we're, we're do a lighter one, but I also don't know, I, I wonder if, like, the world would be okay with, like, a, a jaunty, like, sleeps with everyone gallivanting Bond these days, or if we have
1: what? to kind of lean... Gritty. i think the way to do that is to take it back to the 60s like yeah. take it back to the era where that sort of feels more part and parcel with it and then you get to do something kind of retro you get to sort of you know get into people's nostalgia for it i think trying to like brute force your way into the present to the future is like they've already covered so much cra- ground with the craig ones and i just don't know that like world affairs or technology or anything like that is evolving fast enough to keep giving them new stuff. So yeah. I think going back and like going with the retro gadgets as well and you know have everything be a bit more analog I think would be a fun way to look at it. Would also be and they'll never do it, but like that would be a good way to do a couple of one-offs.
0: Like you could do you know I get that they want to lock in a bond for another like decade, but you could also So instead of the draft, we'll talk about this for a minute. Like you could say here's our plan right we want so it's 2022 right in 2020 in 2030 let's say we're launching the new bond franchise gives basically it would have shot basically a decade ago right no time to die 10 years of waiting for the world to change a little bit right you have a king instead of a queen i i spoiler alert i was gonna say for king and country as the title of my bond movie Uh you know timely and shit um you could also do On her, on His Majesty's Secret Service. You could play with that. But if you wanted, you could spend the next seven years, essentially, you could make two or maybe even three Bond movies if you kind of did them back-to-back-to-back to back to back or shot them simultaneously and have three different Bonds. That way the age isn't a factor. But guess what? You get your Idris Elba Bond that way.
1: Yeah, well, I think we might have even talked about that um, when No Time to Die came out, or uh, a similar idea was like, doing it as a as like an anthology series. Because technically and, Amazon owns it now or something or like co owns it. Oh yeah, but you it could or also
0: you could also then get those filmmakers. Like we know that like over the years Spielberg, Tarantino, Nolan, they've all been like, I want to make a Bond movie. And the time kind of passes and I think Spielberg's joke last time they asked him was they can't afford me anymore. But like a one off, he might be interested. As like a Lark, you know, he's I mean he's not going anywhere, but he is in the the back end of his career. Just by virtue of, like, time. He, by the way, he. I know people were speculating maybe this will be the last one. He's very clearly, like, at the TIFF premiere. Said, like, I'm not retiring. This is not my last movie. Don't worry. But, like, that could be one of his final movies as an interesting way, right? Spielberg finally gets to make his Bond movie. Yeah, I would love to see that. I mean, Tarantino's always said he wanted to make a 60s, like, Casino Royale-style movie. Even, there I think, he would bring back Brosnan. Like, what a fun, like, random one-off there. It would be interesting. Um, but that's for another time when we get bond news that we can talk about, which who knows when that'll happen. Uh, next up one cut of the dead or the cabin in the woods. Spoiler alert cabin in the woods is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's going to be cabin in the woods for me.
1: Yeah. It's going to be cabin in the woods for me too. It's, you know, it even with all the great new movies I watched last month, it's still the best. Uh, yeah. It's what, it's one of my favorites in the genre. I think the way it sort of, I think we're finally now seeing the ripple effects that I always predicted it would have, which is it kind of throws the gauntlet down and issues a challenge to the rest of the genre that, you know... You can't just stick with these tired old tropes. You've got to evolve things. You've got to have interesting ideas. you got to go in new directions. And I think, you know, the last decade or so of horror has really borne that out. And we're seeing, like, even in the last few years alone with stuff like Malignant or Barbarian, like, stuff that's willing to take big chances. Even Smile is, like, something that's a bit different than what we're used to, like, taking existing tropes and playing with them in interesting ways. Um, but that said, One Cut of the Dead is delightful and is very different than what you would probably expect going in. And it's definitely one that if you're interested in film production or sort of low-budget horror or anything like that, it's absolutely worth a watch. Sure, and probably don't need to watch the uh, French remake
0: that nobody liked that can. Oh, I didn't even know that existed. Uh, Michelle has a Vinicius, the, uh, the artist-director made it. It was initially called Z. It was his remake of One Cut of the Dead, but Z was um, one of the things involving like Russia and Ukraine. So I was like, no, 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 we don't mean that. And he renamed it to something else. I'll tell you what it is. But yeah, he he uh, op- the opening film of, of Cannes this year was, um, I'll tell you the name of Because it. it was supposed to go to uh, Sundance and then it didn't. A uh, final cut. It's a French remake of One Cut of the Dead. Berenice
1: Beja was in it, unsurprisingly. Huh. That's so fascinating, because I did know that he like had a movie this year, but I it never clicked for me that that's what that was. That's so interesting. Yeah, and it was supposed to
0: go to Cannes, then it, um, it was supposed to go to Sundance, then it went to Cannes. Um, yeah, it was told Z, because Z was a symbol of support of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and they were like, please don't do that. Ooh, um, yeah. So it was final cut during the festival, and as of April, the French title was changed to Coupé's? C O U P E Z space exclamation point period I I don't speak French I guess maybe that's zombies or something I don't know maybe it's maybe that means final cut I don't know but uh yeah I like one cut of the dead but there's no there's no comparison Steve where are you at on this one
2: I am going with cabin in the woods uh one hey, cut what is it one cut of of the dead um, I'm
0: good that. I mean, that's pr- pretty much
2: your answer there. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've seen it. It was built up, and I was excited for it, and then I was a little underwhelmed. And it was not the mm-hmm. film. You know, it's one of those things. It, was, it wasn't the film. I, I, I wasn't told much about it, other than I had to see it. But being a zombie film, my anticipation was in one place that evening, and it was just not the film I was expecting. Um, it may play better the second time, but... Uh, I can understand people appreciating it, especially since it was two times uh, independent filmmakers are the ones who love it so and recommend it highly. Um, but, yeah, so no knock against it. Yeah. just not my thing. Fair enough. Uh, by the
0: way, it translates to cut. Oh, well, there you go. The movie is just called Cut. Uh, all right, next up we have a girl walks home alone at night or
1: raw. Um, I'll probably go with a girl walks home alone at night. Um, even though there are some like lightly meandering parts of it, I think overall the thrust of it is very engaging and I think the characters are very well rounded and interesting. Mm. raw i think is also very well characterized and very emotional and you know kind of interesting but there's a sort of grossness to that one that i think i would be i would be less interested in revisiting it um well you also by by comparison you also live with someone who wouldn't want to watch that movie again no but even on my own i don't think i would revisit it anytime soon i'm remembering that properly right kelly kelly couldn't deal with it right well it's not so much you couldn't deal with it she just doesn't like to see all the dead animals that are on display that's that's fair did she watch *Titan*? yeah she thought i was gross too <laughs> all right but different gross well yeah they're both gross but different kind of gross yeah um uh julia the the director she is uh she's into gross hey listen we need more gross female filmmakers just totally and she's got fucking... she's got a she's got, she got, she got a palm door under
0: her arm for that there you go exactly normally when we talk about gross directors we're talking about like brett ratner
1: <laughs> yeah different kind <laughs> of gross I'm yes, sure she's yeah, a lovely person. Probably. One would, one would, uh, one would think so.
2: Uh, Steve, where are you at on this one? Uh, I've seen neither again. Um, but but you've seen Tatan. Yes, yes, I have. Um, and you like uh, Tatan, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so you'd lean raw, I would guess. <laughs> well, what's, what's the name of the other one? I, I, uh, a girl walks home alone at night. D- yes, yes. I've had that on my in my queue for a long time it's been it's just where do you even watch that right now where did you find that miles
1: miles i,
2: wa- I want to say we watched it on tubi oh tubi that's what i have to install tubi on my devices because it's free yeah i just don't i mean
1: th- i mean there's ads but it's not that bad i'm fine with that
0: what was the was tubi where i watched uh the first terrify or is that somewhere else uh that's where i watched it i think that's where i watched it. yeah it's like every 20 minutes there's a commercial yeah. Yeah. It was a little annoying, but you know, price was
1: it's right. paced better than similar thing. Like if you watch the ad version of Hulu, that one's much worse about it. That's yeah, like this feels one, like every five minutes. This one definitely did work well
0: enough. Like it cut it felt like it was going to commercial.
1: And you're like, all oh, right. Well I, I, yeah, I, they prep you a little bit so it's not like a jarring farmer's insurance ad or whatever. Totally. That's that's
0: not fun. Though I did tell you that when I watched the sequel, I watched a, a link. You know, they sent me a, a screener for a Terrifier 2. Um, my name was right, it would pop up Period. you, you guys know how screeners work Like sometimes yeah, yeah, your name mm-hmm. pops up, sometimes it's always there, it's never great, but this was one that like normally is great in that it only pop up periodically, but it always popped up right before he butchered someone so my name would be what he would slice and dice every time, <laughs> and it was kind of upsetting at a certain point I'm like, taking it personally Art um, the next one that we have is smile or werewolf by night and i still haven't seen smile oh you need to i I gotta Um, stop trying to go on dates to see smile because it ain't working out
1: (laughs) (laughs) um werewolf by night is like i almost felt bad about putting it in there because it's not really a movie it's more of special um It's it's a lark is what it is yeah, and I love what it's doing, and I love the aesthetic, and I love how committed it is to that. And I would like to see more with those characters, but it's it's fun, and I enjoyed it, and I would recommend it to people. But there's not much in the way of substance to it. No, no,
0: more more of these kind of things from Marvel, though, like with the the oh right, totally the Galaxy uh, Holiday Special. Like I like these one offs. Like they're mini movies. What are they like 50, 60 minutes? Right. They're like exactly. They're not, they're not a short. Like, they're technically a short, like, if you want to get at it, but they're essentially a, a lighthearted feature. Like, I'm sure Werewolf by Night was probably $30 million or at least, if not more. I'm sure the Guardians holiday special is priced like a mini blockbuster.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and I think the only way they were able to do that one is because, like, he shot it back to back with three because they had all the actors and sets and stuff. He like kind that, of, I'm, I'm sure they, they built that into the budget in a way.
0: Like, you know what? For reshoots, we're also doing the holiday
1: special. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Um, But Smile is probably one of the best surprises of the month. It's definitely the scariest film, which like Mm -hmm. for somebody who loves horror so much, I don't actually get scared by that much anymore. So like when something gets me like and really gets me like it tends to stand out. And this is one where it's like on the one hand, like it is kind of like a jump scare generator. But they're such good jump scares and like they're like authentically built up to there's not a lot of that fake out like, oh, it's just the boyfriend or it's just someone doing a prank or whatever. Like they all tie to the central, you know, concept and then just the way that the curse sort of escalates and the directions that it goes in. I don't want to give anything away, but it like it goes to some wild places I'm, and I'm um going to with it. a simple concept. It's it's really good. So,
2: yeah, smile for me. Steve, did you see Werewolf by Night yet? Oh yeah. yeah, I've seen so that. That's I've, your pick. I've not seen Smile, so yeah, that's my pick by default. Yep. Um,
0: no. I also will 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 say I'm pretty sure Steve hasn't seen the next one. Uh, I don't think you've seen Deadstream or, or Saloon,
1: and I actually haven't seen either, so Miles I have
2: not. Take it okay.
0: away.
1: Um, I've got to consult my list actually, because I want to say these two were relatively close. I, I feel like Deadstream showed up a lot higher on your list than I thought, considering your your distaste for found footage style. Well, but this one was the rare exception. So this one, like it, I'm you up. It, it used the format in an interesting way that was definitely not what I was expecting. Um So that was a very pleasant surprise. And it's got a lot of humor to it. It's also like actually scary at parts. Um yeah. it just it just feels much more sort of plausible and engaging in that way. Um but saloom was really good too. Saloom's really stylish. Uh, it's got a From dust Till Dawn thing going on. Um, the horror stuff isn't as strong, but it's also kind of a genre hybrid, so that's not necessarily a deal breaker. Fair. Um, but between the two, I think I go Deadstream. Okay. Um, the one, that, and now we're in the ones we've all seen. I think
0: uh, Halloween ends or VHS ninety four
1: oh. on the other side of the uh, the coin for you. Yeah, these two are among the bottom of what I saw. Um, Halloween Ends, like, I don't think is especially successful, but it's fascinating. And it's one that I've definitely thought about more than some of the others, even if I didn't especially like it, just because it's a form of ambition. It's what a weird way to go out on any kind of trilogy. And like, I don't know, just the choices, like, I don't think they're successful, but they're interesting to think about. Um, VHS 94 like did nothing for me um, That's fair Yeah I just was not really into any aspect of it So I have to go Halloween Steve is going VHS 94 But that's uh, not why. Wait hold on
2: uh, VHS 94 did nothing for me as well But I hated Halloween ends So yes you're correct There you go well you you <laughs> liked
0: um you liked uh, a couple you liked the rotma segment at least so you had something there
2: oh yeah i'm sorry 94 I'm thinking 99 no 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 94 no, no, actually 99, no i know you didn't like no 94 i actually i actually liked uh i enjoyed 94 99 i thought was just a 99 filled space during uh, the Halloween horror season you know where i just like let me put something on and it's was like Ugh. 94 though i i enjoyed yeah the rotma for sure and yeah. uh there's actually i think all the way through, it's successful to some degree. It's it's. Yeah. Uh, are they very successful? No, but they're watchable. Successful. Enough. Where Halloween ends, I just you know you know what I think about Halloween ends.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Um. I would say VHS ninety four, but I would say Halloween ends over VHS
2: ninety nine. Yes. That would be. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no, I don't. I still don't say that because I know. I know you don't. Yeah. But yeah.
0: It's a hard. It's a hard. It's a hard uh, hard road for you. And finally, Evil Dead or Trick or Treat?
2: Evil Dead. Oh man. The which one? Uh the remake. Uh, which one is oh the, the remake.
1: Oh, remake okay. Of yeah. Um they're very close. I the Evil Dead remake I think is among the best remakes of sort of classic horror films that they've done. Um like it's doing its own thing, but it still feels like it honors what came before. Mm-hmm. Uh Trick or Treat though, man one of the great, I I think we were talking about it like either before the show or at some point. um, It's one of my favorite movies that deals with the holiday directly. Uh, Like feels like such a great celebration and sort of all the different stories, like, you know, touch on different phases of people's experience with Halloween. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's trick or treat for me.
2: All right, Steve. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I saw it a few years back and, and I thought it was okay and then I watched it again and uh, I, I really enjoyed it a lot more, you know, and when you see a, a film that continues to grow in popularity years after its release without, you know, a lot of money behind it, it's now it's all over the Spirit Halloween store, it's all over the streets while trick-or-treating <laughs> and it's all over Funko has uh, has, you know, your pops for it, you know, it's it's gone from a in yeah. a, a, a film that didn't get any support and i would not say you know obviously it was not a a blockbuster uh, in its limited release or whatever it had to something that you know a lot of people know and talk about so uh i'll go with that
0: <laughs> yeah no it uh what is it sam is that the sam uh, yeah the yeah. little guy yeah like he's <coughs> Sorry, he's, he's literally a bona like, yeah. horror icon. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, in a in a way that like um, you know, Billy the Puppet. He, you don't know. What, he, you can never plan for it. it just kind of happens. Um, I'll, I'll make it. I'll you know. what? Let's end our horror coverage by making it a sweep. Uh, I think it's wow. Deserving. <clears throat>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: No shade on, on Evil Dead. It's it's gnarly and doing. No, no. It's thing, the thing is it's, that's one that you know it's hard to go in and make something. You know, go and remake something that people already appreciate, and I think they do a great job. It's vi- that's a very bloody film. That's one thing I remember from it. Yeah, is it's, just, oh yeah, it's, it's visceral Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's, yeah. A, there's a lot, a lot to uh, yep. for some someone who's not a, a like a horror fan. Like I think Trick or Treat would be much easier to share with someone. Evil Dead, you yeah, have yeah, that's, to sure. that's a party.
0: That's a party watch. Yeah,
1: that... Evil Dead, you have to know your audience to know yes. whether it's going to land or not. Very much so. Um, let's transition now, courtesy of
0: K-Flee 208, to Noir
2: November.
0: flee says, Happy Noir November, Filmaholic Face Off Noir Movies. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, we will get into Black Panther, I promise. Um, Rebecca
1: or Double Indemnity? Um, These are both films that I have not seen in a very long time. I probably saw them both at different points in college. Um, I mean, Rebecca's got Hitchcock going for it, doesn't it? Um, yeah, version? I think we got to go. <laughs> well, I assume that's the version you're yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about. For yeah. sure, for sure. Not the best. Um, no, I'm not talking about the Army Hammer version. Um,
2: I would say Rebecca then. All right, see? Uh, double indemnity. Yeah, little Fred McMurray goes right. a long way.
0: I agree. I agree they're both good though but i agree um the maltese falcon
1: or the third man Mm. i that's a third man's one of those movies that like i don't know if i've seen the whole thing or i've just seen so many clips of it that i've basically seen the whole thing sure um just because it's one of those ones that you study a lot in film school but like it was it, for some reason it wasn't one we ever screened in its entirety. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know, I know what you mean. A lot of pieces we've all seen. I think almost all of the classic
0: noirs, but it, it, unless you really like them, it may be hard to remember if you've just
1: seen like the pivotal scenes, or if you've mm-hmm. seen the whole thing, or if the whole thing exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, sorry, it was Third Man or The Maltese Falcon. Maltese Falcon, I know I've seen because I've come back to it several times. It's one of my favorites of the classic noir, and one of Humphrey Bogart's best characters.
2: So I'm going Maltese Falcon. Steve, I'm going to go Third Man. I mean, I, I think they're both uh, very good, obviously. Um, but Third Man just has some. I, I, third Man is what I think of when I think of noir. You know, the way it's shot. Okay. More than I, I think. Of Maltese Falcon.
0: All right, I, I I can see that. I will go Maltese Falcon though, just because I think it it um is so sort of iconic in my mind. The idea of like the Maltese Falcon, um to the point of parody, obviously, but um it's close. It's close. Um, next up, Sunset Boulevard or
1: Notorious? I soon not. I saw uh, Notorious for the first time actually relatively recently because we got it last year uh during the criterion sale you thought you were Uh, getting the 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 biggie biopic right no why would i want the biggie biopic over a hitchcock film (laughs) um someone know me at all
0: (laughs) someone does
1: i'm sure (laughs) i mean this
0: is true here quick quick face off would you sooner watch the biggie biopic or the before trilogy i sent you
1: well the before one because i have it (laughs) yeah which is the answer Um, you still haven't watched it I'll, I'll get to it i I just watched 31 fucking horror movies oh
2: well, you plus, need plus, a wait, wait black the, adam the, the before sun sunset and all that you, you haven't seen them? yeah, 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 yeah one of his them.
0: one of his wedding presents last year was i got them the the trilogy on criterion oh you've
2: got to watch that's that's tr- tremendous
1: yes i am going to get around i still i haven't seen banshees yet like i'm so far behind wait is it available for you now out there it, it's going to be this week so i will have seen oh, it by uh next episode yeah good excellent
2: it's, i can't wait to hear
1: uh, th- that that's one that like i've been desperately excited for um but to go back to uh the question which now i've forgotten because we tangented it again which are the notorious
2: two? it's sunset, uh, sunset boulevard, boulevard
1: and notorious notorious oh, they're both so good um i think notorious is like again it's hitchcock and it's classic it's got one of ingrid bergman's best performances i think um, but Sunset Boulevard, there's something so iconic about it. And there's so many moments that like have gone down in film history. So it's very close, but I'll go Sunset Boulevard. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm going the same. I really, I really do like that. It's a different type of noir from the rest of these.
2: Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Steve, how do you feel? Uh... I'm gonna follow suit. Tired, but beyond that, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, you know that's a nor- the norm. Um, but no, Sunset Boulevard. I think, like you said, it's it stands out. Uh, and it's funny though. You're you're saying Hitchcock, but then you have in the previous Hitchcock's versus Wells. It's like, well, hold on. There's it's not like well, you can just no, choose. No, I mean, I, but, I, know, I know.
1: No, I, I'm not gonna go Hitchcock like down the line. Just oh no, these are these are these are.
2: These are heavy hitters. You got, oh, yeah, you got going yeah. up against Wells. But that's and what I'm saying. It wasn't It's yeah. Billy Wilder. You were hitting, it's two home run hitters. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like you're looking at a a, a bunter versus right. a home run hitter. Um, we, but yeah. If we had the budget
0: right. for special effects, we'd say like heavy hitters. You'd hear like a big smack happen right now.
2: You know. I'm listening for um, it. Nope. Exactly. Track.
0: Um, here. I'm oh, very curious how this one's going to go Memento or the conversation? Oh.
1: Um, conversation also one I need to rewatch. Um, I remember I I've definitely seen it, but I don't have very strong, I don't know if it's just one that I saw it appeared where I've seen too many movies and it didn't stand out. I know mm. it's like well-made and great, but like, I, I don't know. I just don't have any lasting memories of it. Uh, Memento, though, is one of my favorite films of all time. I still think it's Christopher Nolan's best. Uh, It's such a great, such a tight little mystery. It's one of those ones where every time you go back to it, you pick up on new little details. There's just so many layers to it. Uh, So, Memento all the way.
2: Nice. Steve? Well, that's great to hear, because it is also one of my favorite of all time. Uh, I haven't watched it in probably about a, a decade. And I... And I I do that. I, I like to age my films. You know, I'm not one to revisit all the time. Like a fine wine. Uh, yeah, I really, I, I do. And then I go back and I go, oh man! Like I, I watched, I watched several films. Pulp Fiction being one of them. Probably, I don't know, a dozen times I'm, in, in its early. Going to
0: tell you, maybe hold your thoughts on Pulp Fiction for about five more minutes. Okay,
2: I will hold my <laughs> thoughts. I've seen some films <laughs> numerous times, and then I you you wear out and you you start to watch it and and knowing every single note every single beat and then you go back and you you pause on it come back four or five years later and you watch it again and you you know and then you get to reassess it and realize either a you do appreciate it or you don't and uh memento is one i haven't watched and i've decided you know I, I purposely chose not to and i cannot wait to revisit it and i'm glad that and that Miles enjoys it so much because that reinforces like, okay, that, that gives me a very positive, uh, you know, and my anticipation sure. is much higher than did it oh, age it poorly. So good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, but yeah, Memento for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm also with you guys and I need to rewatch the conversation. Like I know. Same here. I know there's that like real bold portion of the world out there. It's like, it's better than Godfather 2. Is was this better movie that you like people do that sometimes. And it always makes me think about rewatching it. Um, But but yeah, Memento is a stone cold classic Mm -hmm. for all the reasons said above. This one will be a challenge for one or both of you. Seven. Miles is ready to hit yes, right? Right. You're just ready to say yes to that one versus in
1: in Mario voice. No country for old men. Ooh. (sighs) I mean, two of the greats, two of the great modern sort of. And another heavy if, hitter. I don't know if neo-noir is the right uh, term, but definitely yeah. modern noir. Well, we, we just went from Nolan versus Coppola, now we're uh, Fincher versus the Coens. Yeah, I know. Well, two of my favorites, exactly. Um, I mean, Seven does have the Kevin Spacey of it all, which I'm able to car- compartmentalize for the most part, because he's only at the end and he's awful. Well, you may
2: coming up. What? Yeah. I thought it was Christopher Plummer. Well,
1: that's yeah. <laughs> oh, they should have done that if, a, while they had the chance. <laughs> how is it not a cut of that by now? So, so, somebody'll go through. Just There's go through all of spacey's work. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's my job. Maybe that's my destiny.
2: Hey, now with with I'm deep fakes, so we can do it, Fine. Yeah, can oh, you, can you find Christopher? Can you find Christopher? I just gotta Plummer scour going...
1: all of Christopher Plummer's like audio from all his yeah. other films yeah. and reconstruct his voice. Like, Mark yeah, Amel. you can you can get him doing. I didn't do that. Oh, it. Oh, god. Okay. Well, putting aside yeah, it's so much creepier now like when you realize Stacy having that line. Yeah, I don't like any of it. Um, but Seven is a great movie, and it's you know it's a great detective story. It's like mm-hmm. it paved the way for stuff like Saw, which we love. Yeah. Um. No Country for Old Men. <laughs> this is genuinely tough. I knew it. Uh, I knew it. These, <coughs> are, these are two, two, two of the greats. I think therefore I
2: am. Uh, you have uh, two think, remote controls. Seven was like, Which one do you choose? Yeah. Which one do you I
1: choose? I think I have gone back to no country more times and I've gone back to seven a lot too. It's like, it's, it's, it's by degrees here. There Um. Fair. But I think I'll go no country. Cool. Um, Miles
0: does it depress you that Kevin Spacey walks free while Kevin Spacey is behind bars? <laughs> we did what the world couldn't. Well, the world we live in. Isn't it weird that we ended up being the true justice and the end after all that? We're the uh, we're the she set well, of podcasts. Well, hopefully it's exactly. not
2: over yet, right? There's there's more. There's more to come.
0: Um right? I maybe. So. I don't I I know I I, mean, I know he beat the the most recent one, but yeah, I yeah. I think there's other things going on with him. There's still other options. You'll join Spicy. There's yeah. always taxes. There you go. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Steve, Seven or No Country?
2: Man, that's a tough one. Um, man. I'm going to go with No Country for Old Men. Um, but, man, it it is a fine line. They're, they're two very different films. That's a thing that it's, makes it Well, tough. that's just it. It's hard to compare, though. Yeah. Like, I, either one, any day you say, if anyone put it on, I would sit down and watch. Guaranteed. Exactly. So there's no... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go no country old for old men, though, because I did see the screening with uh, Roland and uh,
0: whatever his name is. Rowan the Headless Thompson Gunner?
2: Uh, Dorothy Hamill. Uh, what's, ah. <laughs> Dorothy Hamill haircut. What's... uh? What, I can't... I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Kelly McDonald? yeah, Bardem, R.V.R. Bardem. Yeah, I I got to see the screening with them, uh, pre-anyone, and, and that was great, because I'm like, man, not only did I get to see an amazing film that no one's ever seen before, um, or very few people had at that point, uh, they were right there, right in front of me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, he's just fantastic.
0: No, that's awesome. Um, I will go seven. I was already going seven, but now, like, when we both, we all said how close this is, can't be a sweep. That's not fair. Um, no Country is one of the Coen Brothers movies I like better than than most of the others. Which I know it's one of the more popular ones, but considering I'm not a Coen Brothers fan normally, it's uh, it says something that it works like that. Um, three more. Let's go a little quicker through them just because we 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 wanna we wanna head to Wakanda, and we have one other thing to do before. Oh yeah, um, Nightcrawler versus Prisoners. Gyllenhaal face off
1: um so it's gonna be prisoners for me i think they're both great movies and i think gyllenhaal in particular is great in both of them but prisoners to me feels like more of a complete package whereas nightcrawler very much feels like a vehicle for the performance first I'm think- reaching for the, the the network kind of satire yeah. classic. like
0: it's it's just shy of where it wants to be at, i think
1: yeah, Nightcrawler for me, it's one of those movies, and I talk about these occasionally. Three Billboards is another example, where like I feel like the end of the movie is a more interesting starting point. Sure. Like it's it's one where like I would be much more interested in a hypothetical sequel that they'll never make. Yeah. As, whereas like everything we saw is kind of more like the basic origin story stuff, if you will. Yeah, he's um, become the but monster by the end. But obviously, it's not that kind of movie. So no. yeah, but Nightcrawler is great for the performance, but Prisoner has a great performance and is just great all around. Sure. Nightcrawler I, was on TV recently, and I it took me
0: a couple times to get that movie. Um, it was just like, took a minute to get come around to it. But I still, the, the chills you get when he goes, and I want you to do the things I ask you to do when I'm in your apartment. You're like, oh, that is a new level of creep you've become in this movie. It's, it's one of his creepiest performances without question oh yeah for sure where where do you fall on this
2: i'll go prisoners keep it It short both both are both are good
0: yeah i mean prisoners has that one thing with the like room of snakes where you're like well this is a little dumber than everything else but for a while there that movie is really getting you on all cylinders uh two good movies this mm. one's going to be incredibly hard for me. <clears throat> Who framed Roger Rabbit?
1: Hmm? hmm.
0: Or Pulp Fiction?
1: Oh, man! Talk about apples and oranges. Well, um, two of my favorite movies, Splitting Hairs. Yeah. Well, no, they're they're both amazing. Oh, well played, um, Steve. I, I hear that. I heard that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean Roger Rabbit is so specific, but I think it's still the gold standard for. Um, the blend of live action and animation. Um, I think for
0: so many of us, it was like our intro in a way, like an introduction to watching like live action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a a great transitional movie. Yeah. And yeah, you're not, it's not until you're older that you realize some of the more mature stuff they're talking about. Oh yeah. It works Um, just as well when you're five as when you're 15 as when you're 50. It's, it is a rare movie that is like that. Yeah. It, Maybe it might be my favorite Zemeckis movie, actually. Back to the Future to might think... be mine, but it's that or this. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. It's um, not the Polar that Express. said, no, it's not the Polar Express for anyone. <laughs> well, nobody in the Morrowind? world. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I know okay. way too many of his second-tier movies. You can't 18. get me with Flight because I genuinely like that one. That's true. It's uh, fine. Um, but that said, Pulp Fiction is also one of my all-time favorite movies it's borderline perfect uh you know give or take the director inserting himself saying the n-word a few too many times um but outside of stuff like that it's so goddamn cool and it's got such a great soundtrack and so many great performances and just it like i still don't think tarantino's topped it so i'm gonna go fiction
0: in a way like i almost it's better it, it was he didn't need to say it like you could have easily not had that scene or at least done that scene in a different way but at least he didn't have some other white actor do it where it's just like oh, i'm making you say this he kind of took the bullet for himself but
1: well i would argue there's
0: necessary. no bullet that needed to be taken but yeah yes. it's 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 a it's a young cocky filmmaker playing with the margins of what he can and can't do and also at a time where you really were called to the carpet on that i don't think he would do that now
1: no, no thinking- I mean, Django Unchained wasn't that long ago. Well,
0: Django was... Django, there's a context, at least. Like, it. at least... There the is, but the yeah. fact that he keeps looking for those contexts is telling. That's true. I, I do think he's mellowed out, in a way. Like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely a mellower movie than Pulp Fiction.
1: Mm, it's a more indulgent movie, certainly.
0: That's true. But he's he's kind of
1: run that, right? Uh...
0: Steve. I, I know. Well, that's that's, that's also... You in that movie.
2: Yeah. Steve, where you at on Roger Rabbit and Pulp Fiction? Uh, I look back fondly on Roger Rabbit, and I look forward to watching Pulp Fiction again and again. Uh, one of my favorites. Okay. And uh, I think, again, that was one. that. Well, as I said, that was the fill I, I don't know how many times I, I saw that in the theater and on DVD shortly after. And then I put it down for... I don't know, three, four, five years. And I watched it again, and I was like, I wonder how it's going to play. And I was amazed at how great it was and how, you know, and, and little things I've had forgotten and new things that I had found. Um, it's it's just one of the best, so Pulp Fiction. Roger Rabbit has so much going for it, but it's, it's I think, you know, it still has to do with... Um, that's what i'm looking for like the craft of it you know and how it's how it's done and the the, the combination of bringing the two worlds together and i think at, at times that works against it because you're so focused on you know the different characters they're bringing in all this all these different elements that it's i i'm not 100 percent sure if how well the story works uh if maybe it does work really well but it's been a it's been quite a few years for that so maybe i need to revisit mm-hmm.
0: I mean, uh, Roger Rabbit's one of my like top thirty, I think. But Pulp Fiction is my third favorite film of all time. Oh, okay. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be Pulp Fiction, um, and then we we end on a uh, problematic duo, Chinatown,
1: or The Usual Suspects. Oh, oh God, damn it. Oh yeah. man. Oh, the usual suspects is loaded with problematic figures. See, I get to I get to sort of like skate on this one because I don't like the usual suspects. So I was
0: I was there for other reasons.
1: Um I mean here's the thing. I really like the usual suspects. And That's it's fair. obviously one that I haven't gone back to in the past few years, but like I think I I don't know. It's one that I could see myself building up to just because There's so much great stuff in it and it's such a great ensemble and like, as like a kind of crime gangster movie, you know, that's sort of built on this kind of at the time, pretty ingenious twist. um, uh, I think it works really well. Chinatown is like, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with that one where it's one of those ones where you're constantly told it's one of the great noir films of all time. And like, it's not so much that I don't agree with that. I guess I just don't have like the strong relationship with it that a lot of my peers do. Uh, I think it's good and I think it's well-made. And I think, you know, also some great twists in there and Jack Nicholson's doing his thing, but um, I don't know. It never really quite resonated uh, with me in that way um, through no real fault of its own. So, you know, between the pair of bad apples, uh, I will go with the usual suspects. All
2: right, Steve. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Chinatown. Um, I think the usual suspects still lives and dies on the last few minutes. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of great film before that, but it's those last few minutes that are the exclamation point on on the uh, on the phrase. Um, mm-hmm. And if it doesn't pull that off, then, yeah, I I I think Chinatown does a better job uh, overall, I think. I I just think, I I don't know. Also, it's from an era, you know, it's truly from that era. So you're watching it and you're seeing young Nicholson and and this world that doesn't exist anymore captured Um, this world for me, which was very foreign to me, you know, being across the country and only being on film. Um, it, I don't know. There's something about it, There's something older Hollywood feel that I, I like about it as well. So I'm going Chinatown. I like sure. both. I, I like both.
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't like uh, The Usual Suspects. So I can go Chinatown. Well, Also kind of agreeing with Miles, like it's good. But yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily put it as like the upper echelon of, of noirs personally.
2: What, what don't you like about The Usual Suspects? The usual suspect i
0: don't know it just it bounced off me when i watched it i i, I don't remember i just remember it, it, it kind of like you said kind of living and dying on the ending and I'm like oh that's what they were doing but everything leading up was was like you know whatever i do remember anecdotally my grandmother renting that movie and watching it thinking it was comedy and being confused <laughs> the laughs never ha- never happened um speaking of laughs before we do our, our other uh before we get into black panther because miles Will be listening more than contributing there um i figured you'd be interested to know i I finally saw weird the al yankovic story um which Mm. steve has also seen i believe right i have yes yeah (laughs) and boy that movie's a riot like and i think you'll appreciate because how tired you are about biopics in general the fact that it it's so like from top to bottom is like we're gonna make everything about his life a lie but also kind of reminding you that like regular like prestige ones kind of do the same thing. Like Bohemian Rhapsody is not that far removed if you just tone down the extremity of it all. They're kind of fudging where they want just the same. But I love that this is a movie where like Weird Al is uh you know forbidden from playing the accordion as a child and it's it's that and he uh becomes a super success immediately. He's dating Madonna, Madonna like puts out a hit on his life at one point. Pablo Escobar factors into this movie. It's great. It's just a riot. I can't recommend it enough.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I I think when it comes to biopic parodies, I think Walk Hard does it better. But uh, being a Weird Al fan, I enjoyed... Walk Hard is going going more
0: all-in with the concept. Weird Al is just... They're... they're, I don't want to say one-note... But it is just like, well, what if what if a uh, what if this biopic was just all phony baloney? But we kind of were winking at you though like, yeah, they all are.
2: Yeah, see that's the thing. I, I mean, I, I I did enjoy it. I just somewhere either I felt they could have pulled back or, or dug in deeper. Um, Fair. But I, as a fan, I enjoyed, and I wish they would have covered more songs. Um, I mean, I, I I know just about every song since his. Yeah. The beginning they, they, they of his career, the yeah, they get the hits, but I, I would have liked a, f- a few deep cuts in there. You know, uh, uh,
0: yeah, the uh, the Anakin Skywalker song,
2: yeah, the uh, Mister Popeel, you know, some some stuff going back to the eighties, nineties yeah. would have been nice, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a fan, it's definitely a, a, a must watch. If you enjoy bi or don't enjoy biopics, it might be a, a better watch for you as well.
0: Totally. Um, now, what we. Than the headline, and what most people have been waiting an hour and 10 minutes for. Uh, Steve and I saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever.
2: Yes, we did. Yes.
0: Wakanda um, Forever. And Wakanda Forever, indeed. It is very, very good. Um, I would argue it's probably a better movie than the first one. Um, don't mistake that for so. um, a more likely Oscar player, which we're going to talk about little bit today we'll talk about it more once Miles has seen it and I'm going to have an Oscar piece up tomorrow I think where you'll get to do that because we can't do reviews yet so this is my take it's not a review um, but it is it, it's very emotional it's it's a pretty pretty good action movie it's, just, it's very clear that this is a different Marvel movie that mm-hmm. like the Black Panther property is handled differently and i kind of wish that a few more of their properties were and and listen i always like a marvel movie and i often love them but there is a there is a sense of like i don't know like if like you remember in school where like you know third grade there was like three classes the top middle bottom type situation like this is clearly top class like getting all the attention all the affection like whatever you need you have it and uh and they do a really good job with it it's It has stakes, it's, you know, it ties in enough with the MCU, but it is doing somewhat of its own thing, and and for it being the second choice in story, obviously, for tragic reasons, it's a really good story that they found. Um, The idea of, you know, this is a nation, like, when they don't have their leader, like, they would be a target from all around, and and the various targets that they have on their back from different factions, whether it's the, the United States, whether it's namor and 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 his deal which is its own thing like namor is a very good villain yes they do they do a lot really well i don't i don't i think when it came to oscar the first one was such a like special sauce right place right time cultural phenomenon I, i i don't know that that's gonna match but i think below the line you could see several of the things happen if anything the problem it's gonna have below the line is you know ruth ruth carter um Ludwig the composer like they've already won they may not be in a position to win again just because they've already won not that that stops people below the line but it could still do you know a solid three four five six nominations uh,
2: Steve what did you think of Black Panther I mean I I enjoyed it thoroughly from beginning to end um it starts off early and rips off the band-aid as I said of like you don't have a moment before you're reminded about you know where this film lives and, and the, the death of, of Chadwick. So, which I was wondering, how are they going to handle that? And it's really in the first few seconds that you're introduced, you know, that that's brought in. So, which was good, because it didn't... I was worried it was going to be feel gimmicky, and I was worried they're going to make it feel like, okay, let's you know, I don't know, just feel fake and, and, sh- and, and hollow. And it didn't at all. Uh, all the way through, and I'm not going to give anything away, but... Um, from beginning to end, I think they did a great job remembering, you know, where this franchise came from and the loss uh, and in kind of giving good reason for it to continue. Um, and I liked that, like you said, it's a very different for a Marvel film. But there's still hints here and there, especially toward the end, that. Reminded you, oh, this is still connected to that universe, and they planted some yeah, yeah. seeds that make you go, oh, I can't, you know, I'm looking forward. This isn't the end. This isn't the be. This isn't the end of, you know, of a Black Panther in the MCU, um, and they, you know, some some not I wouldn't say subtle seeds, but some, you know, oh, that's a word I'm looking for? They 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 planted some seeds without giving you a ton of information of where you where it's going to go. But I'm like, perfect. So now we are able to. Kind of go through this cathartic journey um, through Wakanda, through the characters, through the you know the very true, uh, real feeling, and obviously really happening uh, loss of, of Chadwick, and then continue the story and not make you feel like like dollar signs are connected to it. Like that's the thing. I never felt that way throughout the whole the watching of it. I never thought they did this because they need to make a billion dollars. No, I thought this is a film for the cast. This is a film for the fans, um, and for his family, and I, you know, for that, for those reasons, it worked really well. And one thing you mentioned that that uh, score. I think the score is fantastic. The, the places it took yeah. you, especially bringing in the new villain, and that's a completely different part of the world, and you're like. You, you go from destination, <clears throat> excuse me, destination to destination, and you listen. If you, you know, if you pause and just listen to the score, which is tough because you know when you're watching, you're so into so many other different elements of it. But when you, you pause and listen to that score, I'm like, my God! I mean, I'm in awe of of a of a good composer and what this. Who, what's his name? Ludwig. I'm not sure.
1: Ludwig. Uh, Ludwig. Lud- Ludwig. Uh, interview with him
0: coming to the site. uh around a uh, couple of days after you listen those yeah
2: well no offense to any composer but i'm not good with the uh, composer name so my apologies i do know though yeah, a... when i watch a great film and and it, that's part of it and that's part of the uh, the immersion process or the you know that's and that's what it was i, I there's a moment there were a few pauses in the film i said man you know like you're just, if you just close your eyes and just had the audio you're on that journey anyways you know you don't need Oh, the, no, the
0: tech stuff it, is great
2: yeah, it's it's incredible. So, and yeah, and then there's some really amazing visual effects, which I heard someone say that some of them some of them were practical practical effects. So I'd like to see where that line is mm. is with with the, the water. Uh, oh yeah, because that's ins- insane too. Yeah,
0: it's a uh, it's it's shot by uh, Autumn uh, Arcipal, who did um, six episodes of Loki. Oh okay.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so there, there's a there's a visual look to it. it it's yeah. I, I do think it's a better it's a better movie than last time. The only thing it, it it's a little long, but we knew that. <clears throat> and uh, there's a period of time spent underwater with Namor that I think went on a little too long. Aside from that, I was I was largely riveted for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, the uh, credit sequence excellent also very different don't don't uh don't get
2: spoiled on that one i would say go in, go going blind on the uh the credit sequence because i would say don't get spoiled on any of it and just go and enjoy well yeah you know? i don't think we gave anything away today i, I did see some tweets no. out there and i was like people do you not read do, you know like do you not understand what you're typing and what you're putting on the page well,
0: people are very into uh um, oh, it's upsetting <laughs> just the questions of like oh Well, who's the new Black Panther? Oh, is this cameo in it? Is this person in it? Is that person in it? And, and, but I mean,
2: there were some like easily, if easily to read between the lines tweets out there, uh, in the early days, I'm like, I don't know. I think it's it's disrespectful to all the people who put the the time into it, and I think it's disrespectful to your fans when you planted those seeds of like, oh, well, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. I mean, just, you know, there's ways around it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'll, I'll drop it but yeah. i hate spoilers no, no, i really
0: really despise yeah. spoilers it's also like not necessarily a movie that relies on spoilers like no, i can tell no, you doesn't. all of the questions that people have like i'm sure uh, miles has three or four questions right that would you would prefer to hear off the air
1: or or not hear at all do you see it even if I i'm told not you, asking you a goddamn thing because you have looser lips than i think you think you do not really Um, no there's been movies in the past that you definitely (laughs) spoiled for me without realizing it i don't know about that but well uh, it's not up to you is it (laughs) i'm the one who got (laughs) spoiled what constitutes a spoiler
0: but still even if you knew all the things that are would be considered a spoiler i don't think it impacts the the way the movie is effective because it isn't reliant on that stuff Mm -hmm. the the things that are that if you hear out of context sound like momentous things are just part of the tapestry i think that's what what makes it more that, that's i think what separates it a little bit for me in, in watching it, it, when i said earlier on how it feels like it's kind of treated differently you know <clears throat> the 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 big centerpiece scene in in uh, multiverse of badness, right it's it's kind of one of the things you're there for um and that's a that's a recurring theme in, in more of the recent Marvel things, like who's gonna show up, right? Um this one doesn't rely on it. You could have everyone in it, you could have no one in it. And I don't think it would matter because the, the story is a is a pretty fruitful story to be exploring. And they do a they do a pretty good job of exploring it. There's plenty more they could have done. And I and you can kind of, if you look hard enough, figure out where the, the kernel of the idea was when Chadwick Boseman was still alive, but it is. Uh, it is surprisingly. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I necessarily should be surprised that it's this good, but I was. Uh, I was pleased. I was very, very pleased
1: by it.
2: I I think the smaller moments are where the film really lives, and and you know, and, and the the moments that people are going to remember. It's and that's what's it's different about it. It's not. Yeah. You're not talking about you know. You will. There's definitely those moments, those action moments, but there's well, also not... a lot of character moments where you you know really get to explore characters um, and emotions that aren't typically covered in a Marvel film. Yeah. So it's uh... and, not,
0: and not done manipulatively, which is no. what I was impressed by. There's there's a <clears throat> there's a couple of scenes I can think of two in particular, and there's probably another one if I had to if I really like started going scene by scene. That are that if done in a different way are clear. Like you gotta cry. Like this is what we need. We gotta get you to cry. And they're not really doing it that way. They they get emotion out of you if if you want. But even if you don't cry, it's not um it's not a lacking situation. They the you know they're they're handling those particular scenes in a way that feels right, as opposed to maximize emotions, maximize the ability to to be. Um, to be moved it just kind of happens based on the movie and i and i did appreciate that also because it mm-hmm. would have been so much Neither. easier just to do that
2: and when miles, batman wanna, shows wanna, up wanna... wow yeah right oh cool uh, <laughs> that's the the part of. oh wait that's not a spoiler though right oh shit
0: sorry yeah, guys right Um uh, yeah miles you want to you want to you want to contribute
1: ask do whatever before we move on to the final thing I want to see it knowing as little as possible, but I'm very, very excited. There we go. That works. All right. Before we wrap up, and there'll be more on Black Panther,
0: will you have seen it next week or two weeks for now?
1: Uh, Two weeks. Okay.
0: So next week, we'll talk Banshee's one. Um, <clears throat> we have to uh, see how we feel about the 65th Academy Awards. Where uh, four times we're going to hear Dracula, as we mentioned earlier on. We'll do it pretty quickly uh visual effects death becomes or wins other options alien 3 batman
1: returns uh recount or re what did we say recall Recall. thank you uh recall sure why not uh uh, i want to give it to batman returns i don't feel like i need to justify that but it's visually great and it's got some really cool effects that I think still hold up
2: sure Steve I'm gonna agree with that I mean uh, it's a beautiful film yeah no problem with that
0: I'll stick with Death Becomes Her just cause why not but yeah it wins there you go
2: <clears throat> Yeah, back, that was back costume. You know, when, when green screen was <laughs> impressive
0: yeah some of their effects were, were new at the time yeah <clears throat> costume design Bram Stoker's Dracula wins if you recall and I, I feel like you probably won't options are Enchanted April
1: Howard's End, Malcolm X, and Toys. Leave it. Nothing else is even close. Yep, keep it. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Best Film Editing. Unforgiven wins
0: for Joel Cox. Which, by the way, side note, I watched a movie directed by Tom Stern. longtime um, Eastwood cinematographer known for their particular brand of lighting and it didn't look like that i was kind of interested it was interesting to me in any event unforgiven joel cox wins if you recall your options are basic instinct the crying game a few good men and the
2: player uh recall i'll go recall i just want to hear why recall
1: Um, the one that jumps out to me is the crying game. I, I, I've always uh, had a lot of affection for that movie and, you know, certain elements of it may not have aged as well as others, but I think, uh, from an editing standpoint, it's sort of, it's doing some interesting things. Sure. Uh, Steve, before you go, I'm going to say I'll go with a few good men
2: just to see where you're at.
1: Hmm. That would have been my second
2: choice. Yeah. Mm. I was going to go with a player. Um, I thought you were. Uh, yeah, that's a good. You can one go too. to player.
0: It means I'm. It means Unforgiven ones.
2: Yeah. Uh, f- Damn it! Uh, I'll go a few. I, did I say a, a, the player? I meant a few good men. But if I was going right. to vote twice, I'd vote the player.
0: So nice. The player would be my second choice, also. Unforgiven third. Crying game four, basic against five. That's how I would go there. <clears throat> Best makeup bram stoker's dracula wins your only two other options batman returns or
1: hoffa for um sorry for makeup yes um i mean batman returns definitely honorable mention but you can't go past the gary oldman leia buns
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's not this is is this hair and makeup they didn't do hair, so was hair Okay, so it is hair and makeup, okay. So yeah, yeah.
0: Then, then Bram Storkers. Sure. Yeah. Uh, cinematography. A river runs through it, one. If you recall, your options are Hoffa, Howard's End, The Lover, and Unforgiven.
2: Um, I'd probably leave it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those film shot in a place that's tough to not shoot something beautiful so yeah but i'll keep it but yeah, this i mean I, I just I, in case it doesn't come up again uh i think Hoffa is underappreciated and uh i don't know if it has any more nominations so i'm glad to see it on the list directed
0: by danny devito
2: yeah it, it was um i'm
0: fine leaving it i would say that uh i guess unforgiven would be my second choice
1: I, I was going to say the same, yeah. yeah.
0: But I, I, it, it's done well enough <clears throat> that we don't have to worry about it. And, and uh, Steve, no, it's the only two nominations for
2: half Is it? Okay. Hey, are any of you, are either of you Enzies? You know, Howard's t- Enz fan? You know, like I am. can't say that I am. <laughs> Tattoo. Okay.
0: Just curious. Cause... Mer- Merchant Ivory was never my bag. Yeah. Appreciate more than like. Um, art Direction howard's end wins as we were talking about (laughs) before other nominees dracula Chaplin, toys unforgiven
1: back to where we started uh yeah let's do a recall
2: recall yeah
1: it's dracula yeah it's dracula that's dracula yeah
0: sound best sound which is i believe mixing because next up is sound effects editing uh best sound the last of the mohicans wins if you recall your options are aladdin a few good men i'm mixing the order for a reason unforgiven or under siege the oscar-nominated steven seagal movie oh my gosh
1: (laughs) wow that's
2: not a typo people
1: that uh oh man um what one again <laughs> that really oh, threw last the me me <laughs> um On recall but i'm also fine if it stays all right Re- recall
0: sure let's let's play this one out you got aladdin a few good uh, men under siege and unforgiven um i'm gonna throw it out to aladdin yes same here sure that i'll say a few work. good men but yeah no problem with aladdin Best Sound Effects Editing. There's only three nominees. Bram Stoker's Dracula wins, if you recall. You have Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Or the two-time Oscar-nominated Under Siege. Oh, fingers crossed. Got nominated for both it's Sound incredible.
1: Nazis. Incredible. Incredible. You know, uh, led to a, a big it. snub when Under Siege 2 Dark Territory wasn't nominated. Such a snub. Uh, yeah. Leave it. Hmm. I'm gonna recall. I, I'll recall, even though I, I don't
0: know that I don't want Dracula to win. I imagine. I'll uh, we'll leave it with Dracula. with Dracula. It
2: on under no under siege. Oh uh, no, Aladdin. Aladdin has some some great sound to it. Um, it yeah, really you know, does. It takes you, I mean, you know, it, it, if yeah. you remember the sequences where it's taking you on, you know, on the carpet ride into the 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 mouth of the uh, of the sand whatever you know that that entranceway There's there's a lot going on yeah,
0: there yeah. sure uh I'll, I'll i'll stick with dracula just because i think we're gonna we're going to give another oscar to yeah, have no aladdin with that. momentarily best original song a whole new world wins if you recall you have friend like me from aladdin you have i have nothing from the bodyguard run to you from the bodyguard
1: and beautiful Maria of My Soul from the Mambo Kings. Uh, I'll take Films I've Never Heard Of for 500, Alex.
0: Um, This film was nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. Well,
1: there it is. Uh, Recall. Recall. I'm going to stick with it, but let's see where it goes. Uh, I'm on board with uh, Friend Like Me. Yes, Friend Like Me for sure. I I will stick with A Whole New World, but I'm fine with it. May have sung
0: a whole new world to karaoke today. Oh. Today? Yes. Oh, well, yesterday. Oh. Tuesday. Okay. Monday. I, we're recording this after still... midnight on a day where it's coming out at a different day. Like, yeah. Time is a flat circle. Uh, original score Aladdin wins, Rowan Mencken. If you recall, your options are Basic Instinct,
1: Chaplin, Howard's End, and a river runs through it. Uh, I'd say leave it. I didn't. I don't know that I realized Aladdin did so well.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna say leave it as well. I think Aladdin's one of the best uh, Disney films of all time, so totally. agreed. So
0: we're clearly gonna do best animated short now, right?
2: Yeah, I think it. Maybe, maybe skip
1: ahead a little bit on You that. don't
0: you don't want to find out if Mona Lisa descending a staircase should keep its Oscar? I don't know. I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's fair. Um Interesting live-action short, Swan Song, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Oh, there you go. Didn't win, though. It is funny when you look at those and be like, oh, who, who got their like, short-form Oscar? Um, you probably haven't seen any of the documentaries. You probably haven't seen any of the uh, international films.
1: Best uh, well, run, run off the international ones real quick, because I might know uh, one or two. Indochine wins. From France.
0: Uh, other nominees: Close to Eden from Russia, Danes from Belgium,
1: and Stunk from Germany.
2: That movie, okay, Stunk. I don't
1: know any of those. <laughs> you don't? You want to watch Stunk? I mean, listen. It's not for me to say whether Stunk is good or not. It's 150 minutes. There's a lot of Stunk.
0: I love that. Not name, as much though.
2: Stunk as there could be. We best want the Stunk.
0: Bring us the Stunk. Uh, best adapted screenplay. We should. You know what, if we ever do that like poll where people uh, pick these things, we should put Shtunk on as one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, adapted screenplay, Howard's End wins. When you recall? I'm not sensing a big Howard's End uh, feel here. Um, your options are Enchanted April, The Player, A River Runs Through It, and Scent of a Woman.
1: Oh, it's this year, okay. Yep. Uh, recall recall Uh, let's give it to the player I figured
2: I'm going to agree with that Yep, I'm fine with that
1: by the way I don't hate a Woman I'm just throwing that out there oh I don't either but I wouldn't give it the win no 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 no. Uh, the player is the best written of this group
0: original screenplay the crying game wins Neil Jordan other nominees for if we recall you've got husbands and wives Woody Allen Lorenzo's Oil, George Miller and uh, Nick Enright Fish, John Sayles and Unforgiven, David Webb Peoples way bigger names writing the original ones than the uh, the adapted ones this year
2: Here, here's my question uh, The right. Crying Game the song The Crying Game was not nominated for Best Picture was that a, a remake? Was, I, I think it was Boy George back
1: yeah, I, well I don't know did the song exist
2: before the movie? I don't know good question but if it didn't, uh, it should have been there.
1: It, uh, Yeah, Could've I was about to say, if it, if it qualified, it should have absolutely been there. Could have been a snub. Could have been. Um, I will leave it.
2: Mm, I'll leave it yeah. as well.
0: That's fine. I mean, I probably would have gone husbands and wives, but I'm fine with the crying game. Unforgiven would have been okay, too. It's in my nature. Yeah. Yes. Best Supporting Actress: Marissa Motherfucking Tomei, my cousin Vinny. That's her middle one of my name. All time favorite Popeye. Oscar wins. Um, she doesn't have a middle name according to the uh, Wikipedia, which is never
2: wrong. Oh, yeah, but maybe it I is do is think it, it
0: is legitimately one of my favorite Oscar wins. Uh, if you recall, I'll be mad at you. But the options are Judy Davis, Husband and, husbands and wives; Joan Plowright, Enchanted April. Vanessa Redgrave, Howard's End, and Miranda Richardson in Damage. Luckily, four movies I don't think any of you give a shit about.
1: Yeah, I would say leave it because I also love like just the sheer chaos of that win and I yep. don't feel strongly about any of the contenders.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, imagine if this was a year we were covering, how unenthusiastic you'd be about it being like, "Oh my god, there's one performance in there I'm in new. It's never going to win." But there's four other like lovely old ladies doing lovely work in movies I just don't care about.
1: Yeah, which
2: is probably why and she wants. You know? It's like, yeah. hey,
1: Tumate you know what? I enjoyed that, that
2: movie. Yeah, and she yeah. did
1: great. Was Was Miranda Richardson nominated for damages and not The Crying Game? That
0: is interesting. Hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, my one of my all-time favorite ones. Best
0: supporting actor: Gene Hackman wins. Run, for Forgiven. <sighs> If we recall, which I think on the surface you would think not, right? Going to leave it—that's your instinct right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Depends. Your options
0: are Jay Davidson, The Crying Game. We can we can get into how that would have, you know, that would have been the whole thing
1: this year, like. Well, the category, category placement, yeah, that's kind of a thorny issue. I think I think honestly we have to look at it as like it's kind of a miracle they nominated Jay in the first place. Oh, no. Um, I mean, the fact that that film got the play it did is kind of yeah. astonishing. This is one of those situations where you're like, I agree.
0: You're right. But take the small win and we'll worry yeah. about the big win later. Um, so Jay Davidson, The Crying Game, Jack Nicholson, A Few Good Men, Al Pacino, oh. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and David Paymer, Mr. Saturday Night. I love that David Paymer is an Oscar nominee.
1: Oh, yeah. I always forget about that. That's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. I think we got um, a recall just to see what
0: happens.
1: Yeah, I got a recall. I mean, listen, no no shade on Gene Hackman and, you know, you want him to stay an Oscar nominee, but if we're just talking about the performances I recall,
2: has yep. Hackman um, won before, right? It
1: might Oh uh, no, he won I, for The French Connection. Yeah, right. yeah, he has. Two. Oh, okay, yeah, he yeah. yeah. Two. So I'm fine there. Oh, well then yeah, let's definitely right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's that's recall. Well, the funny part is that I'm going Nicholson and giving him a fourth. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, that's a really solid one. Um also a true supporting performance which always true that's there um what, what was the one between nicholson and um P- uh, pacino, pacino. Paci- i'm going pacino for glengarry glenn ross Ooh. i think Ooh. that's the better of his two nominated performances uh that year you like uh, a little ricky roma action i love well i've played ricky roma on stage well there you go that's why
2: so maybe i'm biased but also Could pacino be. knocks it out of the park true you fact. know what steve you know what I, I i'm hoping that he will take this victory supporting actor and uh and and that, that'll that be it then he can walk away because you know there's a lot of talk after pacino's win you know years later like ah, eh, he should have won for other things so let's give it to him for glenn, glenn <clears throat> excuse me for glenn gary glenn ross and see how how right. everything else pans out fair enough
0: i i uh I I was delighted when I double-checked and made sure I was right that Hackman has the second Oscar, because I was going to posit, like, what if this Oscar is what's keeping him alive? <laughs> as soon as you take it from him. So, um, somehow I doubt it.
1: <laughs> no, He's he's killing it in, like, is he in Arizona or New Mexico or something like he's that? He's in New Mexico. I'm in the same state as him.
0: And you haven't gone, like, the diner he just shows up at periodically?
1: Well, it's kind of hard to figure out what that is, because reasonably he, a... he, he wants to be uh, left alone. Well, he was on a an episode of Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. It's his last performance. Oh, oh there really? you go.
0: it's like, like a purposely? diner. He's was, at a diner eating scrapple.
2: Did they know uh, he was going to be there, or is he just there? No,
0: I think he just happened to be there while they were filming, and they're like, "Holy oh, wow. shit, it's Gene Hackman!" He's like, "Hey guys, yeah, I love this diner." Um, it's wild. I also love scrapple, so like, I would 100 have a have a scrapple
1: dinner with uh, Gene Hackman. Miles, you start just like searching diners. Well, yeah, I guess I gotta hunt it down. I'll figure out which one it is for you. I Um, wonder if he still loves it after that episode aired, though, because I imagine I wouldn't be the first one to try and find him there. I wonder if he, like, was even aware of that. He seems to just be doing his own thing and not giving a shit. Sure, but if his favorite place suddenly got swarmed with fans, I think he'd stop
2: liking it pretty quickly. That's fair. Um, It is in New Mexico, though, so swarming of fans is not going to be, like, it's not like he's in manhattan somewhere well true you're gonna have to make an effort
1: but also we have all the breaking bad stuff where a woman had to completely redesign her house because people kept throwing pizzas at it (laughs) so you know we're not without our crazy fans
0: so it it aired march 10th 2008 it's the episode big breakfast guy visits three restaurants that are locally famous for their huge breakfast he goes to a uh, goes to a, a place there I don't remember which one it is might be the brownstone diner or Matt's Big Breakfast. I don't know which one that it, it is, but yeah, Gene Hackman is credited on IMDb as self. There you go. Uh, kind of fine. Uh, best actress Emma Thompson wins for Howard's End. If we uh, pull her out and recall, your options are Catherine Deneuve for Indochine, Mary McDonnell, Passion Fish, Michelle Pfeiffer, Love Field, and Susan Sarandon, Lorenzo's Oil.
1: I don't have a strong feeling about any of these, so I'll say leave it. Uh, I'll say recall, but I'm in a similar boat. I'll, I'll say,
2: um, yeah. Did his, did Turandine win? Ever? She does not have an uh, Oscar. No, she does. Have she an
1: Oscar. not? Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah she I she don't does. For she what, has an Oscar. She,
0: um, uh, if you, oh, uh, she has it for uh, for Dead Man Walking.
2: Oh yeah, you, uh,
1: that's right. Oh, okay. That's right. Let's keep it. Though. Pfeiffer doesn't have one, and- but. I, well, okay, I don't know so full disclosure, I was going to give it to Pfeiffer, not so, even so much for the movie, but just because I like the idea of her being a winner. Sure, yeah, yeah. French exit. Yeah, well, up to you. Do you want to? You want to? You want to have uh,
0: Emma Thompson? And,
1: and Emma Thompson won uh, for, for writing
0: script for writing. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Okay, we'll give it to Pfeiffer. There we go. Mm. It's like the Hollywood Film Awards. We just decided. I didn't
2: decide. best actor.
0: Well, do you want to go a different direction? I, I, no, know? it doesn't matter. We, you already have the vote, so. All right. That's Steve going. I'm tired. I want to edit this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Al Pacino wins Best Actor, Scent of a Woman. When we recall, since you guys already, like, uh, gilded that lily, Robert Downey Jr., Chaplin, Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven, Stephen Rea, Crying Game, and Denzel Washington, Malcolm X. I have a controversial it's- opinion. I'm going to go with Robert Downey Jr.,
1: that, that's that he would be up there for me for sure mm-hmm. um i would go denzel washington for malcolm x i think that's one of his ooh, best ooh, performances that would give him three oscars why not we or probably robert recalibrated J- another one away Maybe. at some point <laughs>
2: or robert joey jr his first steve or you can go back to al pacino with a that's true on, he just wins two, twice in the same year.
0: Yeah, you yeah. give Eastwood, uh, what is he, a, like a fourth Oscar, whatever else he already has. No, let's go with uh, Downey Jr. for Chaplin.
1: There we okay, go. Okay, I'm not mad at that. Yeah.
0: Best director, Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven. If you recall, which I feel like we're going to, just for the fun of it, even though this is one of the least objectionable Eastwood situations,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sure. Neil Jordan The Crying Game. James Ivory, Howard's End. I'm going to go with that's not likely. Robert Altman, The Player. Mm-hmm.
1: And Martin breast Scent of a Woman. Uh, recall. 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 I'm going to go Robert Altman on this one.
2: Steve? Yeah, Eastwood has another and uh, for a good film, right? Million Dollar yeah.
1: Baby? Well, Million Dollar Baby, so, yeah. you know. I was your mileage may vary which also if we're if we're talking
0: about that you guys probably recalled me on that one if we did it but we'll get to that <sighs> if we didn't
1: Uh-oh,
2: we don't have records so luckily
0: um we have podcasts not records yeah so let's
2: go with uh altman the, for the play uh, yeah i'm fine with that
0: it would be fine a lot of these podcasts i listen to, there's people who like take it upon themselves to keep records of these things we don't have like people with time on their hands like that that's well, no, with the listeners
1: it, Hey, listeners! If you want to be that lucky fan that exactly we <laughs> exhaustively we just, chronicles our nonsense, please. Can you imagine? Well, first of all, someone did tally up our um, our staff award, our, our
0: t- staff top tens to make a cumulative one last year. So I forget oh, who true. it is, and I apologize because it's someone who has been a longtime reader, um, like to like award circuit days, I believe, but. What a good way to get rid of a fan—to be like Ryan. Guess what? You're our—you're our archivist now. Or like Kay Flee. Guess what? You have hours of work to do. Yeah, I'm so um,
1: sorry. I'm doing anything else.
0: Exactly. Um, best picture. Unforgiven. Clayswood producer, by the way. So he still has another one, technically. If we recall, you've got The Crying Game, A Few Good Men, Howard's End, and Scent of a Woman, because they—they love Sentimental Woman.
1: Howard's End's my five here. I think we can all kind of fall on Well, yeah, I think we're on the same boat on that. Um, I guess Recall. Oh, what's Recall? Recall. I I will give you my
0: five. So five is Howard's End. Four is The Crying Game. Three is Unforgiven. Two is Scent of a Woman. My vote's for A Few Good Men. Love that movie. Uh, few gives, good men
1: would probably be my two also gives rob reiner an oscar and i kind of like him having an oscar
2: yeah i do too oh
1: that's not bad listen i'm fine if it goes that way my personal pick's just going to be for the crying game because that's the movie i like the best out yeah. of these hmm. I,
0: this means nothing in the grand scheme of things but i feel like rob reiner would appreciate an oscar you know sometimes yeah, you probably like it's just a sense i get of him of like that's a guy who would like hold it sometimes and like if you came over the house like come look at my oscar like in a way that you you kind of hope more people are alike even though people are weird about their oscars
1: yeah you saw, you always read that interview where it's like oh yeah it's in a closet somewhere it's like, Yeah, or like, It's
0: somebody said they had it in the bathroom yeah which i believe if i'm remembering correctly was not like oh it's garbage i don't i don't care but meant to be like I know you want to do something with it, like touch it or hold it. Like it's in the bathroom. You're alone. If you want to touch my Oscar, you can touch my Oscar. And I don't need. I don't need to know what you're doing with my Oscar. In a way, I kind of respect that. It might be Kate Winslet. Oh, maybe somebody. I feel like Kate Winslet does something interesting with her Oscar. And it might be that. I might be conflating two stories. But when I interviewed the writer of The Imitation Game for um, the outfit, I was like, "You have an Oscar? What are you doing with yours?" And and I think he has in like The Office. But he told me that is it William Goldenberg the editor of Argo and like zero dark 30? I think it might be William Goldenberg, but like has it on the mantle and like, I don't remember if he said it was in like a little like tuxedo and like has like little lights on it. Like he's like, this is my motherfucking Oscar. And also much respect to that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be be very into that also. Um, So what are we doing with that now? So miles went crying game. I went a few good men. Steve, if you don't go with either of those two, it goes back
2: to Unforgiven. Well, it would go to one of those two. Scent of a a Woman being my third, I believe. Um, Okay.
0: Never loved Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Unforgiven's good. It's just I think people were way more blown away by the idea of a revisionist Western
1: than we are currently. Exactly. Yeah, it, it feels a little quaint looking back now. Yeah, like Notably good movie,
2: but also I think just a good movie. And yep. the Oscar goes to Rob Reiner and the other guys yeah. for a few good men. Ah, uh, right yeah. On? Rob Reiner. She told an me Oscar, I couldn't. So. Yeah, they told me I couldn't handle an Oscar.
0: And nobody uh. laughs, and he goes, "Fuck you all! I got an Oscar now," and he leaves. <laughs> I'd be into it. Um... Yeah, he should have an Oscar. I I still maintain, I think we've mentioned it once or twice, but like that run that he had when he was just doing hits after hits, like it is a hard to rival. Oh yeah. Period of time. For a guy who's not a stylistic filmmaker, like he's, I think the epitome of what you want out of like, I need a guy. I need a guy to direct my movie. It's going to work out. It's going to be great, right? Like no fuss, no muss. Make my movie. Also, by the way, his producing nomination for *You Good* for *A Few Good Men* is his only Academy Award nomination. That's so wild oh. to me. Only one BAFTA nomination. Best film for *When Harry Met Sally*. Uh, three-time award circuit community award nominee because that's a thing that still exists. But he has three DGA nominations, so he's three times snubbed. *A Few Good Men* snubbed. I would imagine at the expense of I guess I probably Robert Altman took it from him so. That's also okay. When Harry Met Sally and Stand By Me. There was other two DGA nominations. That all tracks. Spirit Award nomination for Stand By Me. Oh, Golden Globes, uh, four-time directing nominee. Also, five-time acting supporting nominee for All in the Family. So he's a oh, nine-time sure. Golden Globe nominee. Uh, Globe directing, Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally, A Few Good Men. And what I think might be his best movie, *The American President*. That is a the epitome of like a just lovely romantic comedy. The PGA nomination for *A Few Good Men*. Like he should he should have more. Maybe he yeah, should.
2: Currently, given especially his... for the how many decades he's been in the business and, uh, you yeah. know, that yeah. that alone is impressive.
0: I mean, his debut is *Spinal Tap*, right? And that is 1984, so that is 38 years of booby at this point. Pretty much not, mi- I mean, and then we should wrap up, but 84, 85, 86, 87, 89, 90, 92, 94, 95, 90- He's, he doesn't miss a beat, man. Between 99 and 2003, there was four years off. And aside from 2007 to 2010, that's his longest gap, I think. I guess currently his biggest gap, because shock and awe in 2017. But uh, he is uh, doing a documentary about Albert Brooks, and he is in pre-production on Spinal Tap Two. That's right. Yeah. Which oh, is he? I'm into. Yeah, they're making a mm. sequel. Mm. Should be should be fun. Alright, so let's uh, close up shop on this unusually a long episode for reasons we don't really have um, Say where you can be followed and tell me your
1: favorite uh, Rob Reiner movie I guess okay. Uh, Well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at MilesOnFilm. That's M-Y-L-E-S on film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Check out my writing on both Ward's Radar and Looper. And uh, favorite Rob Reimer movie? I mean, you can't go wrong with The Princess Bride. It's just such a timeless classic. By the way, um, Miles, how far are you away from Santa Fe, New Mexico? I am about probably less than two hours. All right, Harry's Roadhouse. Scrapple time. Is that the one? Yep, I figured it
0: out. Um, Harry's Roadhouse on Old Las Vegas Highway. Okay, you should uh, you should go uh, go have lunch there one day.
1: Yeah, see if I can find him. You know. You know, if you go and he's there, you're you're gonna be like, "Of course, of course, this would happen." Yeah, I don't know what I would say to him. <laughs> <laughs> we we do an interview. Oh yeah, coming next week to the Awards Radar podcast. A very curt, short interview with Gene Hackman. What? Why?
0: No, no, thank you.
1: Counts as an interview, right? I guess. I don't want. I don't want. I don't like the idea of like one of the last things to happen in Gene Hackman's life is that he hates you me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be that guy. You would just be paranoid that he would pass away like a couple weeks later, and it would be true. Yeah, weird. and then it's like, is it like loosely my fault somehow? Yeah, he came home and was just pissed at you. Like, this this
2: guy ruined my my oatmeal. Or right there. Hey, oh, you no. son oh, of a oh, god. Oh, no. Face down in the oatmeal. <laughs> uh, oh. oh. Miles Miles walks out very quickly. Steps away backwards slowly out the door. Yeah. All right, Steve. Uh, uh, you can find me uh, at FilmSnork on Twitter and Letterboxd. And uh, also check out the verse at the verse cast. It's a podcast. It's fun. We cover stuff. You'll like it, trust me. And as for Rob Reiner Films, he was on fire He's from... Trustworthy. 84 to, to 95, 96-ish. Um, and The Princess Bride, I I wholeheartedly agree with, is a tremendous pick. But for me, it's Stand By Me or Misery. I'm going to go with Stand By Me because I think as a coming-of-age story, I think it still holds up. Um, and it just trans you know transfers me back to that, that time in my life of being a kid. Walking around train tracks and kicking cans and talking, having conversations, and you know it's just it's it's so well written, and especially since it's a Stephen King story, um, yeah. And to make you forget that, but you know it's just so well done. So let's go stand by me. Um,
0: find me at uh, Joy Magazine Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Um, awards uh, radar is on several of those things and yeah uh, it's it's either a few good men or the american president for me i think i'll go the american president but his first 10 movies there's only one loser in the bunch which is pretty remarkable considering his uh next 10 one two three four five six seven eight nine so he's made nine movies since then and there's maybe one good movie in there and that depends on how much you like The Bucket List.
1: Miles, not big a fan of you of The Bucket List? I do not have strong opinions on The Bucket List. I think that's about as... That and Rumor Has It.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, Rumor Has, 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 it's
1: it's has a It
0: took okay. Yeah, but no, Rumor Has It had a weird, like, almost it had Oscar buzz at one point. And then people saw it and went, oh no. Because also he took that movie over. Someone else was directing that movie and wrote it. I want to. Ted Talley's the guy who did uh, Sounds of the Lambs. Uh, Ted Griffin, like, wrote that one and then was directing it and got fired. But here, his first 10 movies. This is Final Tap. The Sure Thing, which, by the way, really funny, like, raunchy comedy with John Cusack. Stand By Me. The Princess Bride. When Harry Met Sally. Misery. A Few Good Men. That's his first um, seven. That's amazing, right?
2: Mm hmm.
0: He makes North then. Oh. Oops. (laughs) Oops. <laughs> but then comes back with the American president and I would argue Ghost of Mississippi is good.
2: Yeah. It is.
0: Then it's the story of us, and he, he never recovers. That's it's wild. Like people should pay more attention to like how much he was a like pivotal like reliable like top tier filmmaker. But That's my, when you that's look my at those cents there.
2: He, he didn't write any of those. So you wonder is it his you know is it him or did he just choose poor projects you know are are any of those could any of those be winners in the hands of someone else i you know i none of them sound like great
0: yeah no his newer stuff yeah i think they were all just it feels like a guy just working yeah it does you know like lbj is not awful but it's 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 a little sad compared, (laughs) compared to what he's capable of but much respect to him and like i would i would love to have a conversation with that man because he has made more good movies than most people will ever make so you can even if his batting average is like 50 percent right now he still has about 10 good movies on his resume and i mean and some great ones quentin tarantino doesn't have 10 good movies on his resume
1: it's true you know there's a reason but you know what i mean um he's made more good movies than many people have made movies exactly and that is not nothing um, so we're gonna close up shop.
0: Thank you all for listening. We are in Noir November, so feel free to have fun with that in any way you see fit. Uh, next week we'll probably maybe talk a little bit more about Black Panther just because it'll be about to come out. Um, we'll hit on on Banshees. Um, I will have seen the shorter cut of Bardo if anyone cares about that. Uh, yes, I am. I am going for a second dive at that. A second bite at that apple and I don't know if there's anything else off the top of my head, but we have a week. Things will happen. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe. Oh, um, please, for the love of God, vote on Tuesday. Like, please, please, please. (laughs) Um, bad things are on the ballot as well as good things, and please vote against the bad things.
1: Please. Yeah, I'm scared. Do your civic duty, y'all. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so next week we will see you at the movies and hopefully we will not see you in the dystopian wasteland that we could potentially be entering into. So as I leave you on that horrifying uh, threat almost, go, go forth into do new war. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in
2: awards and entertainment content.